With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. What's up, y'all? Kofi Kingston here, and I would love to have a drink with Wrestling on the Rocks, depending on what that drink is, preferably non-alcoholic, you know? How's it going? Healthy Warriors game. Soda. I would love to have a drink with Wrestling on the Rocks. Maple syrup. Bye-bye. Welcome to the dive bar of the IWC. Welcome to Wrestling on the Rocks, episode one. Again, guys, I'm at Ref Marsh. We are at WOTR the show. With me today, we have a Mr. Clump. What's up, Clump? How's it going, everybody? How you doing, Marsh? Doing pretty good, pretty good. We're going to see if anybody else jumps in here at any given moment. I've sent the link out to people, things, places. We'll see what happens. So uh, uh, we'll see how it, it feels goes. Like a, go ahead. It feels like fifth grade class during Zoom. We're just waiting for everybody to show up. Yeah, right. So we're going to do a quick head count. We're going to kind of check yeah. in with everybody. We're going to see how everyone's feeling. Just let everyone kind of like wander in. So, uh, yeah, hopefully. I mean, hey, it's the dive bar, right? Like, hey. Your drinking buddies come in, they, they leave early, they stay late, like, you don't know, so neither do we. Yeah. The one thing I know for certain is I don't know even what's happening on my own show. Clump, let's start with the simple stuff. A little bit of what's in your glass. What are you drinking over there? I caught a little glimpse there. of it. Oh, yeah. It was thrown out to me that it exists not in a limited release. I have Flaming Hot Mountain Dew. And, ladies and gentlemen, when this was announced, it was initially a limited release, and I spent an incredible amount of time trying to get it. The internet kept crashing. I could not get it. I was furious, and I was not going to pay $40 a can, and lo and behold, I wasn't the only one who wanted it. It, it appears. Like a fluffy pop. Just yes. that kind of nightmare of trying to shop online, fluffy pop style. Mm-hmm. And it tastes, eh. I feel underwhelmed. How, well, like so, we know what a, a let's start with regular Dr Pepper, or not Dr Pepper, regular Mountain Dew as your as your base. How close does it taste to a normal Mountain Dew? Remarkably, remarkably like close. Yeah, it's 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 it oh. truthfully, and I'm not the biggest fan of Mountain Dew, so that that kind oh. of upset me more. Part of me. I don't know, and I know it's not the flavor profile of, like, Flamin' Hot Cheetos, but I kind of wanted more of, like, more kick. It, it's kind of like, if you like shit whiskey, yeah. Yeah, and you're I shit do. whiskey, yes, and you're in your shit whiskey company, and you want to make a fireball knockoff, you just put a little bit of cinnamon in it. It literally just tastes a little bit, there's a little bit of cinnamon on the end of it. Like, it, it, and it's not... Oh. It's not bad, but it's not like hot True. or spicy. Yeah, because like those red one. hot candies are just cinnamon candies. They're just cinnamons, yep. and yeah. people oftentimes confuse cinnamon with heat. Yeah, 
it, it really is that. So it, it tastes like cinnamon in a Mountain Dew? Yeah, it tastes like Red Hot's fucked Mountain Dew. So if you were to get Mountain Dew and just pour a packet of Red Dots into it and let it sit, you're making yourself flaming Hot Mountain Dew. Yeah, it is also an uncomfortable color of orange. Like it's yeah. like, which goes, which is on brand for Mountain Dew. Mountain Dew's color, yeah, it's the colors of antifreeze coolant, industrial yes. chemicals, and it's a yep. it's an orange that makes you think of like Chester Cheeto, you know, drug test. Yeah, yeah, no, that makes sense. I'm sure everyone appreciates the Mountain Dew Flame and Hot review. We were talking about it for a long time last week, so I'm glad that you were able to track it down. But you said you got yes. a whole case of that, didn't you? I did. So you got a lot to get through. I, I do. Are you... Hmm, Am I excited? Just... I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, way, it's... You can sneak a can or two into work and, and leave it out and just like put someone's name on it like they were meant, like they left it. You know what I mean? Someone goes, oh, shoot, did I leave that here? And then they have it. Like, there's got to be a way to trick people into drinking it. I mean, that's not a bad idea because it's – I'm pretty sure if I brought the remainder of the case into work, I'd have enough people like, ooh, that's really cool that they try it. And then I'm, I don't care if they drink it all. Just like – That's a good point. O- open whatever, like, cans I have left and cool, it's your problem now. <laughs> yeah, you started it. <laughs> yeah. I could raffle them. Oh, that'd be good. Make a big punch out of it. I had a friend who, like, told me, like, when I had to get rid of – I had this really shitty car. Yeah. God-awful. smelled like farts. Dashboard had fallen off. And I was like, I'll yeah. just donate it to, like, NPR or something. And he's like, no, no, no. What you do is do a 50-cent raffle for it. Yeah. And you just get it, like, everyone on, like, 50 cents, get a car free and clear. And you'll get people in hell. He's like, go hire. Like, get your friends in it. Do, like, 20 bucks wants a car. Do with it whatever you want. And you make, like, 200 bucks – and then they have to deal with it. You don't have to give a shit about what happens to the car after. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the way you described the car, though, sounded like a good car. It was it. it, it you got I into mean, it. Car and... smell sounds like a good place to start. Yeah, I mean, it it did. It, it was the clump mobile. It was also an off shade of brown. <laughs> it's a clump mobile. <laughs> uh, I'm having in my glass a little keto strawberry daiquiri to wind down the week as we get towards the weekend me and producer lady are going to alaska on saturday so next week we'll be coming to you live from chateau de beard and we're going to be uh uh live and in person side by side with our drinking buddy uh sports beard so uh, look forward to that next week i have a question what makes it keto how is alcohol not keto it depends on the alcohol, uh, depends on the sugar level, it depends on the carb level of it. As long as you are effectively taking in less than, a, I believe it's around 36 grams of carbs and sugars collectively, you're still in ketosis, and so it's still something you can burn off, right? Uh, it depends on the alcohol. Some alcohols are super not keto. Some of them are. That's why I like whiskey. Whiskey's typically pretty keto. It's not a sugary-based one, but uh, some vodkas definitely are sugar-based. Flavored ones, sugar-based. Liqueurs, obviously sugar-based. Flavored yeah. uh, Crown Ro- Crown Royals, super sugary. You just kind of have to look up the stuff about it to determine if it's one of the brands you can have or not. Most so it's, it's most seltzers are keto. True, zero carbs, zero sugar. So it's kind of like the the more 
it's something that you being a freshman in college would want to drink, the less likely it is to be keto. Yeah. 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 Real men drink keto. Except when yeah. it turns to seltzers. Then you can party with the college kids all night long. Yeah. So. Look at it. <laughs> I mean, the college kids are keto now. It's keeping you young. Yeah. Fresh. Uh, Grim Reaper coming through saying hi. He goes, nice setup, Clump. He likes your new setup, dude. Your new lighting. I, I just have a window open, so it's the, the sun. Yeah, I feel like you just yeah. turned the camera slightly to the side. That's my impression and I got from it. And also no longer have the background uh, blurred. That's true. Yeah. Hmm. It makes the fact it was blurred before really suspicious. But we won't get into that right now. Let's see. Uh, all right, Clump. Looks like we might have a few people coming through pretty shortly. Uh, but... Let's do a little bit of the news. You said you saw some stuff in some headlines you thought was worth talking about that you wanted to, to jump in on. What do you got? Yeah, let's throw out uh, a couple different things. So one, um, there's a uh, earnings call thing that Tony Khan did with or double. It's media call Tony Khan did in, ahead ahead of Double or Nothing. Yeah. Um, and it's just kind of going through it. Like, there's some cool things. Like, it's awesome. He's talking about. They've got $1.1 million gate. Hey, Amanda, welcome mm -hmm. in. Amanda made it. Amanda made it. Yeah, sorry, you had police Jeez. action today. Always good. Ah. It, means you're, it means you're booked for the main event if the police get involved. That's yeah. what I know. Yeah. Amanda's the Wardlow of our uh, <laughs> group. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we're going over the earnings call from Tony Khan, the Double or Nothing's media scrum, uh, yeah. really is what it was. But uh, Amanda, while he's flipping through looking for the, the quote that he wants to hit on, uh, what do you got in your drink? What are you drinking? Well, today I have two options. I really should have gone with the booze, but I will have a, uh, after I eat dinner, I will have a little popsicle that's alcoholic. Yay. So I've got go. regular Coke and apple juice because I do. Nice. Clump uh, has a flaming Hot Mountain Dew, just so you How know. How is the flaming Hot Mountain Dew? Doesn't love it. No, it's a uh, weird. It, it, it's like Mountain Dew with cinnamon. Yeah, it's like if, it's it's like if the, you yeah. put Red Hots inside of a Mountain Dew can, then that's what you got. Mm -hmm. So it, we don't want to. What? But you have it in a can. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. I have and the, oh, and the one I'm drinking. Yeah. Wow. He's got a lot. Okay, because I've only through. known people who've drunk it out of um, a bottle. Bottles. Well, I'll be honest with you. I don't think this is like a, a craft beer situation. I don't think it's going to taste all that different from a bottle, can, or or tap. If I'm being it's honest, right. <laughs> I am always cautious with Mountain Dew in a bottle because just just based on the look, my history, the look of it, my history of Mountain Dew, the history of Mountain Dew in my family, uh, I have a suspicion that Mountain Dew kind of eats the plastic and gets so. you. Yeah, I think you, so. you get a, a condition out of it. Sure, sure. Know. Clump, Clump, what'd you find in the Tony Khan call? Okay. Let's he also stated, yeah, yeah, I got you, got you. He also said we're going to probably be doing the Owen Hart tournament every year, which is cool. I like that. That's I mean, it makes good sense idea. Me. Yeah. But yeah. hopefully he does it differently next year. I was actually uh, thinking about it as a joke. I was gonna try to figure out the way to talk about it, but I was like, Owen Hart was known like famously as like the biggest ribber, right? Okay. Those tournaments felt like quite a rib, so maybe he really would have liked it, you know? Oh. Uh, you know. <laughs> I, I agree with that. Um, all, mm -hmm. I can get into that all day. But uh, beyond that, mm -hmm. too, he talked about he's oh, 
Oh, he said a lot of positive stuff over and over again about the Discovery partnership right now. Mm. And, uh... Yeah, they're going to be meeting with them and stuff, which I think is notable because one of the big concerns right now is that Discovery basically has AEW by by the... That's that? By the twins. By the old twins there. Uh, it's because, uh... If they just decide they don't want wrestling, then that's it for AEW. Like, I mean, it's not it yet. Like, they could probably shop around and find something, but how, how long will they have time to do that? How long will they be off air if they are doing that? Like, there's a lot of stuff that would go on should Discovery just say we don't want to. And one of the first things Discovery said was they were planning to cut $3 billion worth of costs from their merger. And uh, we don't know the kind of money maker that AEW is for them. Uh, that's not a knock on them. It's just a... I just don't know because why would I? I don't care too much about that. But when you hear about cost-cutting measures and you know that they're paying for a show like that that's not number one in its own industry but still doing good, like you just wonder, is that is it what they want? And when you think about WCW, it went out of business because Warner didn't want wrestling, not because WCW wasn't making money because it was. It just uh, – and they ended up selling it for fractions of what it was valued. Yeah. Just because they want to get rid of it, and so so it's yeah. cool that he said that 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 Discovery wants to like spend time with them and get to know them. Some it's hopeful, and and I agree with that too. Because no matter what your feelings on AEWR, that co- conversation and the existence of AEW is a net positive for wrestling. If we see more wrestling on a larger scale, that mm-hmm. means we're going to see more wrestling. Period. It's going to keep things competitive. It's going to keep more production present. You know, I'm I'm down for that. Yeah. The, the last thing I want to see somebody see them disappear, you know? Yeah. No. Actually, no, yeah. the last thing I want them to do is be replaced with Control Your Narrative Wrestling. That's the last thing Yay. I want. Yeah, that would be. No, weird. that's. No, okay. I, no. Let me tell you. This is I know. Opinion. I know Flip's in there, and I like Flip no, a lot. It's not about Flip. No, no, no. <laughs> and people leave, leave Flip alone. Okay, he's proud of his service in the military. He is dingy, he can't help it. Okay, anyways. Um, no, with Control Your Narrative, those guys, they're on focus. They're yeah. doing what they said they're going to do. Now we're That's like, true. and this was from the get-go, whereas Tony kind of swindled us, I feel. Yeah, I will say the, 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 the net positive about CYN is that they are doing exactly what they said they were going to do. They're doing it the way they were going to do it, and they're staying true to it so far. And you're kind of like, well, I can respect that. Yeah, I totally respect that. Um, yeah, they're... I'm waiting for their next pay-per-view insurrection in the Capitol Hill, January 6th. It's going to be good. It's going to be really yeah, good. Be... <laughs> Faptina says, uh, Clump's looking sharp with good camera quality as well. I don't know. I think he looks kind of dull. We all have good camera quality. Just kidding. <laughs> I mean, kidding. Kidding. looks are different than actual, and yes, I am dull. Um, <laughs> but, I mean, the other the other big one, uh, this, this pissed me off. So this is a Tony one. I am. I, I can't. I can't leave this to hang. He's like, he said that the main event may be delayed till the end of the uh, Celtics game. Which, of the pay per view. Yeah. <laughs> he said he's gonna potentially just have like he's gonna put off doing the main event until the Celtics game is over. Let me throw it out. Let me see where it's at. Where it's at. Where it's Because I'll be oh, honest. Laura. Who are these I, I really hope that the Celtics go into triple overtime. Get <laughs> that mentality going into it. Because I want to see what he does to try and fucking fluff it. I will say this, too. 
AEW was catching a little bit of criticism here and there for them having really long pay-per-views after WWE's gone on on like they were getting WWE for years was getting rained about how long their pay-per-views were, especially after the yeah. one WrestleMania was like eight hours. During the pandemic and since, they cut them down to about three, three and a half hours. Close. And that's yeah, been Three great. and a half to four, maybe. I would say three to four. It depends on the paper. So, or two nights, which is also fantastic. Two nights of three hours, great. Yeah. So uh, the idea that, that Tony's been having longer and longer pay-per-views and they've been like five, six hours, if he's cool. all like, yep, and we're going to be willing to stretch it to make it last longer, like, ooh, I don't know what well, you're going to you do know, to like fill it. What do you got to mean? If you're going to stretch it, why don't you put some of these people who we never see wrestle for you to mm. still work for you? Like, oh, I don't know, Hulk Banna, Marcy <laughs> Wands. Wouldn't it be Griffin. funny if they had a stretch the clock challenge mm-hmm. where they literally just have two teams go out there who you've never really seen on TV? It's always been on dark. And they literally just go out there and wrestle until you suddenly hear the ref say, all right, take it home because the Celtics game is over. <laughs> Just somebody sprinting out. It's over! It's over! Yep. The Celtics <laughs> score is up in the top corner of the screen or something. And like, yeah, like, like, like halftime heat style. It, it, it is like... It, it, that's just weird to me. Like, it also just, like... I'm, we all know wrestling ain't... We all know it's a performance art kind of thing. I mean, come on. that That's, that's real to, to us. But give me some level of illusion. Yeah, don't just say it. If you're paying, what, 50-some-odd bucks for it or whatever, how much, whatever crazy cost it is, and you're there to see Phil, because I'm assuming Phil and uh, Hangman are the main event. Yep, I would think. You're going to, you don't give a fuck about the Celtics and whoever they're playing. You don't. That's a good point. I don't. I don't care. All I know I want yeah. the Warriors to win tonight. So we can go yeah. to the, you know, we can go again to the, you know, NBA Finals. I'll tell you what, too. Nobody's watching the Celtics and thinking to themselves, well, as soon as I get out of here, I'm going to go ahead and buy the AEW event and watch it live. Yeah. Anybody who's watching the Celtics is going to be watching AEW the next day. Anybody who's paid for AEW does not care what's happening with the Celtics. Mm-hmm. Like, the, the decision's been made. They've Make the people happy who are paying you to give them what they want. Give me what I want. Give me what I want. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> it's, That's crazy. It's, it is weird. It's crazy. Do you think it's because Tony wants to watch the Celtics game and he's like, probably doesn't want to be. <laughs> he's sitting there in gorilla. Ooh, ooh, ooh. hold on, wait. Ooh, 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 ooh. yeah. Was yeah. I supposed to be doing something? Oh fuck. Yeah. No, I... Tony, where are? Oh, I didn't pay you money. <clears throat> didn't pay you enough money. I think it's like he he wants Tony's methodology to try and boost his <laughs> his self worth and his company's self worth is through association without context. Yeah. It's I, this is a big thing. I'm a big thing too. You're not related. Like yeah. true. World War Two was a big thing. Don't talk about Normandy when you're talking about a pay per view. You know, it's just it's unrelated. <laughs> or exactly. is, is your dad gonna buy the Celtics? Yeah, why would you? Why would you? Plays out? Yeah. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Like, come on, dude. 
Uh, I saw also in there that Tony Khan had mentioned that that what makes the MJF stuff so interesting is that you know it's always good to be using some level of of reality and saying that that they've been able to air some some real grievances there, kind of shedding light on the idea that MJF is really thinking about leaving and not getting the contract that he wants and all that. I didn't think that was like the best way to word that either. Yeah. To be honest, if it is, I mean, I, I this ultimately think pissed. a lot of it's we're a talking work, about it, right? Yeah. Uh, I honestly think that it's majority storyline, but with the idea that MJF also knows that he has a high value. Mm-hmm. And realistically, I know that Cody has said on record a number of times that you know money wasn't the end all be all decision of what he did; it was just time and all that. But I don't think that there wasn't. I don't think that the narrative that he wasn't going to be making what he thought he was worth, I don't think is a far stretch from a consideration. And I think that yeah. as long as that conversation is out there, then I think that it makes a lot of sense that someone else might say, Tony's not paying people their value. He's not re-upping uh, these contracts in the middle. And what I mean, like MLW has. Hammerstone, I saw an interview with him where he mentioned that at, while he was with MLW, every time his his pay has gone up it hasn't been in the middle of negotiations of contracts it's been in the middle of his contract that they've just been you're worth more we're going to pay you more your value is higher we're going to pay you more so that way when the time comes to talk contracts hopefully you'll feel a little more loyalty to to lean towards us because you know that we recognize your value right if tony's not willing to do that to a guy like a cody or a guy like uh like an mjf you could have a you could have some I think egos can get in the way. You know what I mean? I think you could have some problems. But then I think also too is remember, he's paying a lot of money for these other people exactly. who are like kinda like fly by night, you know, and I <clears throat> you know, I, I would be pissed if I was someone like an MJF. You know, he was there from the start. Obviously he does what he does very well. Yeah. Okay. And you know, that platform has made him really elevated him to what he is today. Yep. And you would think that if you if he goes away, you're missing a lot of things. And I think a lot of people would be kind of irritated because everyone loves to hate him. You know? So I don't know. I just wouldn't do it in that, in that fashion. Because if you really want to tank your company, if you keep doing that, then, you know... It's yeah. just all bad. And, yeah. I mean, I don't know. I think that – I guess if I'm going to talk a little out of school for a second, because what the fuck do I know? I mean, we're just a bunch of drinking buddies having a few sodas on TV, mm-hmm. YouTube TV, whatever. Uh, I think that there's probably a very real part of MJF that wants to be in the WWE. Like, if you think of it as age – he didn't grow up during the Monday Night Wars. He didn't grow up with NWA. He didn't grow up with the territories. He grew up with WWE, and that was it. And some TNA, maybe. And I think that from what we hear about him, he's definitely gone on to see and read and research more. So it's not like he's numb to, to any of that stuff by any means. But I think that when you just think about his age group and his aspirations, WWE has to be a heavy consideration. And at the same time, how cool is it and exciting to be a part of something big like an AEW? Something that yeah. is... Uh, industry shifting and changing mm-hmm. but at the end of the day like if you're not going to make it stupid for me to leave 
Like, I don't see why MJF would leave for any other reason. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, or why he wouldn't stay for any other reason. Like, I don't think he wants to stay just for the love of the game. I think that he literally does want to be one of the best ever. I think to prove that you have to be on one of the biggest platforms ever. I think that he does want to be in WWE at some point in his career, whether it's this next iteration or an iteration later. Maybe he wants it in 10 years. Maybe he doesn't want it right away. But I think nothing's going to keep him there except for Tony Khan going out of his way to to prove his loyalty the same way and his worth, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's weird that Tony would be all like, oh, yeah, no, I definitely am not giving him the money he wants. I'm like, What? <laughs> There's some real grievances there. I'm not paying him what he wants to be paid. It's crazy, right? Makes for good TV. Yeah, but that's what makes me really angry with Tony. Yeah. Because it's like, you're going to make statements like this. And yet, you know, everybody in the back who obviously, you know, is not Brian Danielson, John Moxley, Phil, or whomever. Yeah. Are, you know, are like, well, what the fuck? You know? Yeah. What am I? What am I here? What am I doing? Yeah. Well, and I, I think as well too. Um. It, it, there's a realization with MJF, like the dude. No matter how big AEW gets, it's not WWE, and he works in a company where he's made aware of that by the fact that these people around him who've come in and are being paid more than him, the dude who built his name here mm-hmm. and helped build the company, where are they coming from? WWE. It's the same yeah. shit that happened in, in TNA. It's the same shit that happened throughout the Monday Night Wars. Yep. What, if if there's greener pastures somewhere else and you're bringing them in and doing a lot for them, then yeah, they'll want to go there. I mean, if there's a name value to them, I hope he goes to WWE. It would be, you know, if nothing else, it's prestigious as all hell, you know? It's and, a really good point. I think that you almost glossed over the point of that. What are you as Tony Khan saying about your own company when you have people coming from WWE and strictly because of their WWE run, you're paying them more than your homegrown talent. You're by default explaining to your roster that WWE is more valuable. You know what I mean? Like you kind of glossed over that, and when you said it, it kind of hit me like I didn't even think about the idea that Tony Khan is explaining to his roster, WWE is more valuable. You don't have the value here that I get from someone from somewhere else. Of course they're going to want to go somewhere else. Does that make sense? Well, and there's yeah, and there's a real economic like logic to it yeah. in that you he can't be MLW. MLW doesn't pull WWE stars because they can't afford WWE stars. And because of that, they can build their own people. But they also don't, by design, compete on a, like, major network. Yep. Yeah, Vice a little bit, but they're not competing on the same scale that WWE and AEW are doing. So to do that, you got to, you know, to make that money, spend the money. You got to bring in people who have name value. NW or NWA TNA and Impact did that for a long time, and it, you know, was kind of shitty because it didn't work out. And it's happening here, and it is just a fact. You got to acknowledge we you are trying to build up your brand. So how do you do that? Well, you bring people in. It's the Lakers bringing in 
all these really weird one-year contracts or like absolute stars that they've been doing of late, even though realistically they need to rebuild their fucking team. Why? Right. Well, they got the money to bring in people for one year to create a dream team to fuck up the game. Right, but they are. But he is ostensibly undervaluing his own roster by doing so. By saying I have the money to buy people of higher value at a higher price is saying you guys are less valuable to me, even though I've grown you here. It undervalues your entire structure and your entire your entire narrative that we're building stars, right? Like we can bring in stars or we can build stars. And if you're saying that some of your top stars homegrown are not the same value as those that are stars somewhere else, you're saying somewhere else will make you a bigger star than I will. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. and even uh, Jim Ross was saying that, that what well, his time and talent relations at WWE, that they would revisit contracts all the time. They would say, Hey, look at this person's only guaranteed this much. And they're definitely worth more than that. Let's renegotiate his contract before it comes up. Like, the idea yeah. that that can happen is reality, even on scales outside of MLW. If WWE can do it, AEW can do it. The fact that Tony's not is undervaluing his entire company inadvertently. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like, he's trying to get away with it as long as he can. And the talent's just going to realize, hey, you don't make as much at AEW because you're not worth as much to him because you didn't come from WWE. He's yeah. already stating it with his paycheck. Yeah. Well, it- and I, yeah. And I'll say this. Sorry, Claude. Is I think that even people like a Swerve, Keith Lee, and whatnot, who come from, okay, yeah, they were in NXT. I'm pretty sure they probably are making more than, I don't know, like um, Powerhouse Hobbs or, Jungle you know. Boy. I bet you they're Jungle making more Boy. Jungle Boy. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Mm. And that's just, it's just the sad well, it's not well. Let me clarify, like the sad part. It's not sad that they're making more. It's sad that Jungle Boy's not making more. Exactly. You know what I mean? That's what, That's I'm, what I'm Yeah, I don't want it to make it sound like, hey, we're trying to undermine one or the other. We're trying to say that you know the the idea is that all all high tide raises all ships, but it's mm-hmm. not. High tide is raising the WWE talent ships, and AEW mm-hmm. ships are not rising at the same rate. Clump, what were you going to say? Uh, two things. One, I think the sad point is less that they're not making more but also let's let's look at talent on tv and i'm sorry i know that they're evps but talent wise should i would like to see the pay packets for some of the people around the elite because i don't know if they should be making that much and i'm sure they're making fantastic amounts of money but also i think of mjf and i think of cody very much like joe and aj with tna or abyss or these other homegrown people. And I want, I, I'd love to, I, I wish you could see pay and contracts for those people and these talents now. Cause mm-hmm. I wonder, you know, in those times where uh, TNA was, you know, Oh yeah, we got Hogan. Oh yeah. We got Bishop. Oh yeah. We got Velo and on Ooh. and on and on. Like what was the pay differential to yeah. the people that, built the fucking company like you can't afford these people and there's no reason to go for these people if not for these other people and you got to appreciate them and what's the lesson learned here because i feel like if people are having this concern is it that they are being paid less is it that they have a valid argument there or is it that they you know just that they are being paid for shit you know are we seeing the same thing 
speaking of high value new signees, we got Shakes Montana jumping in and our latest drinking buddy Shakes. What's up, buddy? What's going on? I'll be on video soon. I'm just getting okay. myself together. But uh, yeah, man. hey, man, what's going on? Hey, Clump, how you doing, Miss Amanda? I'm Always good. looking so beautiful. Uh, well, I'm not. <laughs> Even though I can't I'm... see you right now, he just knows. <laughs> he just knows. I just knows. It's ESP, right? There you go. There you go. I'm eating dinner, so that's why. I don't think you guys want to see me eat. Yeah, we're no, something. no, and um, I'm doing something else too, so I don't think y'all want to see that neither. Oh, <laughs> I'm not gonna say. Not gonna say. Not gonna say. Oh, good. Tom Scott is uh got his mom. Oh, maybe I, just, maybe I should his... just say rolling up some cabbage. Now everybody yes. knows. Yeah. Nice. Okay. Yeah. I don't think it's an issue in any of our states, right? No. Oh. I, yeah, think it's I, think Cal- I mean, we got now, California, right? Arizona, and it's international. I think we're all fine with with whatever you're, you're doing. I mean, you okay. show what you will or what you what you won't. It's all on you, man. None of us are, gotcha. are too right. concerned about it. Sounds good. Yeah. Um, no, but good. whatever makes you I comfortable. Want, I want to be. Di- I want to be rude, you know. Oh no, it's all good. I'm sipping. He's got a cigar. She's having cheese sticks. We do what we do, man. We're yeah. just hanging. Oh, no, We're just hanging. I have uh, uh, and cheese. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Shakes, you heard a little bit about what we were talking there about our. Um, our belief that Tony Khan may be inadvertently undervaluing his own company by uh, the, the contract negotiation talk that he's been having with the uh, media as pertains to MJF specifically. Uh, <coughs> what do you think about what we were saying? Sorry, repeat that one more time. Uh, we were talking about uh, – I think you heard uh, a good chunk of what we were saying there about how in regards to Tony specifically mentioning – the the frustrations that MJF may be having with his contract on this late, late, latest media call, that uh, he may be inadvertently undervaluing his own company by admitting that he's not paying his homegrown top stars what he's paying the WWE talent as they come in. Oh, um, I think a lot of that is what went wrong with WCW, right? Mm-hmm. And um. I think it's a real thing, especially when you have this segment between Adam Page and um, CM Punk. I'm not sure if y'all got to that yet, but you know when you got when you get to that segment, you can tell there is something there where it's like, look, we have built this company, and then you just come along, and it's like you you getting this superstar status. We're not really rocking with that, and I feel like it's really that's how. Um, the homegrown wrestlers feel in in AEW, with them giving uh, these other guys these big contracts, which I do understand. It it it, it builds more uh, audience. When uh, I I wasn't even watching or paying attention to AEW, didn't even know it existed until Moxley went there. Mm. So, so that just tells you everything. Well, in fairness, wasn't Moxley at the first double or nothing? Yes, he was. So, in fairness, they hadn't actually televised anything. They had been, they had been quote around for about a year because they were uh, they announced that January and they the show came on around. Actually, I thought the original Double or Nothing was October, but it must not have been. Uh, October was their their TNT debut. Yeah. So, yeah. So I guess it was about four or five months of AEW being in existence, but they weren't running any shows. So, in fairness, you didn't miss a lot, right. but. Well, but you. there is a there is a, a real point. Well, thank that. you. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you. 
there's a there's a real point to that too because uh, when Mox goes there, people go, "Oh shit, what's going on? Who is this?" And then and then now you're learning about about that stuff. But uh, yeah, I do think there's a value to him, and I do think that I felt like there was a real tension in that segment. We'll talk about it when we get there. But uh, but yeah, I don't know. Uh, anything else from that call, Clump? I think you've muted yourself on accident. Maybe that was mic. the the, oh, the big go. stuff as far as I saw. Okay. Um, everything else that I was looking at was not um, not as compelling. It was, yeah, those are the big things. Um, and yeah. then you had the thing that uh, Osprey said. Yes, okay. let me pull that up. Yeah. What the hell, Ocean Spray? Oh yeah, some people. I just want to say you are on my Instagram. I posted the picture because shout out to Mikey Nolan because it was a great moment that he captured. And no, I'm not kissing him, and he's not kissing me, but he says he loves me, too. I don't love him. And even Marty said something to me. He messaged me. He's like, what the hell is that? I go, don't know, but no. <laughs> Marty's like, what a numpty. I go, I know exactly, right? <laughs> hey, so, I'm sorry, real quick, Clump. Um, you're going to be proud of me. I actually... um. Watched NXT a little bit. Oh, oh awesome! Yeah. And of course, you know I didn't watch it this week. Oh. No, you didn't. Oh, no, I've had a really because I was I was getting all geared up to talk about um the battle. Uh, what, what's the chick name? She was in the uh, pajamas. And Wendy. Wendy. Oh, don't Wendy speak. Chu. I'll watch Wendy Chu right now. Hold on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. There, uh, um, it was a fun episode, uh, but. Clump, uh, what did uh, what did Will Osprey say? So he quote on WWE stars, "You guys aren't wrestlers. You're actors, and you, you just do wrestling. I don't think that's a dick. You guys make way more than I than me. Like, good on you, but I feel like I can probably say that that's a wrestler. I am a wrestler. I am not an actor. And okay, yeah, but." They're they're also in the biggest company in this industry that's making the most money. And yeah, it's easy to say that, but it feels like to me it's like you could burn down as many pool halls, armories as you want, but you're not at that level that you're tearing down twenty thousand seat arenas. Nope. There's, and yeah, there's they might be actors, but they also do the work in the ring. I'll say this, if uh-huh. if uh, there are pro wrestlers who are not good actors, but there is no great pro wrestler that is not a good actor. You know what I mean? Like, all of the greats that people think about, even Territory Days, you want to talk before WWE, outside of WWE, and all the different brands that have ever been, it doesn't matter which one's your favorite, quote, flavor, as they say. Your favorite is a hell of an actor, because your favorite is nothing like what you believe they, they're like. Right, right. You know what I mean? Right. Mm-hmm. Like so it's for, really weird um, for him to say that. Go ahead, Shakes. For an example, um, Undertaker and, and, and Mark Calloway, right? Like, yeah. total different people, man. Total yeah. different people. Exactly. He's an actor. Or, and, and, and you really got to uh, see that in his Hall of Fame speech, mm-hmm. which was great. Like, I loved it because he really was vulnerable and gave you the real him. Yeah. And that was awesome. It was great. Or, and, and I didn't even think about the territory days. You threw that out. Like, the idea of the talk, the idea of, like, Ric Flair was a hell of an actor. 
Magnum TA was, you know, a fantastic talker. These guys that built themselves up, that built this industry, these wrestlers, they talked too. They had to. They had to, in and out of it, live this gimmick and exit it. And okay, Even kayfabe so, means. Yeah, kayfabe yeah. means act. Yeah. <laughs> it means Will Ospreay's not going to make it past Performance Center. That's that's what it means. Yeah. Explains everything. <laughs> Hey. Open my mouth about Osprey and money. <clears throat> yes, yes. Ocean Spray does not make that kind of money because he, I guess something happened with his parents and he was like, oh, he started GoFundMe. He was like, oh, um, my parents need help, but I can't help them because I spent all my money building this house. And I was like, what a douche. You know, I mean, I already don't like you. And now you're saying stupid shit like this. I'm like, come on. But he, his problem is nobody wants him because he's got an attitude problem. So, you know, you got to blame yourself and yeah, be jealous of those people because they never, as far as I know, I don't think WWE ever was seeking out him at all because they got the better version of him. Ricochets with them. Yeah. Upset. They got the money was good about it. The uh the other thing is I think that him trying feeling like he's successfully diminishing WWE superstars and talent by calling them actors and not pro wrestlers, uh, doesn't feel any different than how sensitive he gets when people call him a gymnast and not a wrestler. It's the same thing, dude. Like you guys are all actors and effectively stunt stuntmen. Like, I mean, that's what makes this show so great is that you're all, like, superheroes doing superhero shit. And none of us believe for a second that Becky Lynch is just like that all the time. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, doesn't mean she's one of the, she's not one of the best of all time. Bret Hart was not always like that all the time. You know what I mean? Like, they turned things on. Even Austin said that it was a lot of what he's like but turned up to 11. You can't turn up to 11 if that's, if that's who you are. You know what I mean? Like, he's not that guy all the time. Like... His favorites are actors. Jerry Lawler is an actor. Although I do believe he loves puppies. Just as a side note. Puppies! What? (laughs) (laughs) Producer lady not happy about that one. Uh, Bishop in the chat says, Shouts to Shakes for rolling on the rocks. I appreciate that. Hey, I like that. Rolling on the rocks. (laughs) (laughs) Uh yeah, it's. Just, I thought it was nonsensical and funny that, that he thought he was like saying something crazy. And then what my favorite part is the amount of people online being like, it's true, WWE's got sports entertainers, they don't have pro wrestlers, pro wrestlers are in AEW, they're not sports entertainers, and you're like, you really don't understand branding. No. Like, that's the same thing, but different brand, like they're literally, like it's ridiculous. It's we- it, To think that calling a wrestler a sports entertainer is a dig and to think that calling a sports entertainer a pro wrestler is taboo is falling into the branding of it mm-hmm. you got well, got <laughs> Go and it, it, it's, it speaks to how fickle the IWC is like with, with this stuff that they you know it's just hating WWE but like yo six seven years ago Steen and El Generico were wrestlers wrestlers and look at them fucking now you know, they the are greatest. Yeah, and, and they're sports entertainers. Um, 
you know, ten years ago, you had fucking, I mean, just everyone that's gone through the system. It's like they've started there. They all were wrestlers. They all have been rebranded. And you know what? You see the people who exit, their skills in WWE are marketable as fuck in this industry. Yeah. John, yeah, John Moxley, I'm sorry. I, I've seen some of the CZW stuff. Eh, he's 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 he does interesting stuff, but the him, his character, that is him turned up to eleven. But the ability to do that that came through pr- promo classes with Dusty at the WWE. Yeah, Phil okay. Phil Brooks, as wonderful as he is, CM Punk as great as he is, and I am I like CM Punk. What got him to what he is is not, yeah, the summer of punk and ROH, but it was the time he spent in WWE that made him who he is. Yeah, as much as he probably, yeah, as much as he probably shit on everything, he still, you know, he he still give you positive. He himself talks about people he had decent relationships there, and you're like, oh yeah, it's this, it's that. If you're a wrestler and not a sports entertainer, that just means like, okay, cool, you play bush league. Uh, or beer league softball, and somebody else plays for the Mets. No. <laughs> you want to talk about people's favorite wrestlers of all times? They always talk about The Rock. They always talk about Cena, Stone Cold, Undertaker. You want to talk Dusty Rhodes, Ric Flair? You think they're not actors? Like, out of here. Hulk Hogan. Hogan. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I'd like to. I'd like to know who. Osprey was watching when he was a child that thought, I want to do that when I grow up, and then find out that person wasn't a, a, a quote, sports entertainer. Say what? Mysterio. Mysterio? Yeah. Uh, Bishops in the chat says, Gunther is a wrestler, and boy, oh boy, is that build to his chop is sports entertaining. Yeah. Slapped a soul right out of your chest. I mean, I don't know if I'd use that example, because I'm sorry, I, I don't like ba- Gunther. Yeah, that's a bad example. What do you mean you don't like Gunther? You don't like Gunther? I don't like Gunther. No, no, no. I just find the name change weird. I still do. Gunther, or it's still Walter to me. But, yeah, that's kind of a bad example because, you know, it's pretty transparent what he is. He's not acting. That's just, that's that's Walter. (laughs) (laughs) He's just like that in real life. He's just just Walter. Yeah, Yeah, he's kind of scary, intimidating, and, um... For people to know, he if you you can pay him any amount of money and he will not chop you. Just FYI. So. Because he's an actor. Because he's an actor. <laughs> he's an but actor. the people he works with are actors because they're like, oh, the pain. But then you have to remember that is pretty painful. Yes, yeah, it is. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you don't get those red marks on your cho- chest. Yeah. For no reason, right? I don't want to get. That's a good point. Well, I well, don't know why I would ever. But I was such a good actor. I got these red handprints on my moves. You know, yeah. <laughs> how do you fake that? <laughs> you don't. You don't. You uh, let's talk some product. Yeah. Let's talk some product. Uh, and I'm looking at the card from Rampage because I realized I didn't even try to watch any of it. And then I see the card and I realized why. Uh, was there anything on Rampage that you guys had anything to say about? We had Moxley and Danielson against Dante Martin and Seidel. Oh, that's when Mo- when Danielson got his leg caught in the thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, Red Velvet, Chris Statlander, House of Black okay. against some form of Dark Order. Looks like Preston. Uno Ten and Fuego. Fuego del Dark is what I would call that. 
Oh, Fuego Del Dark. I like that. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, Sean Spears versus a giant. Uh, Danhausen and Hook shake hands, and Scorpio Sky demands the return of the TNT Championship, which is also a stupid storyline. When the week before he had two of them, and he said, "Go put that one away," and now all of a sudden one got stolen. And he goes, "Whatever shall I do?" It's like, what the? Fuck? <laughs> <laughs> no, there was nothing. It's just a piss poor way to to introduce. They're customizing every TNT title for every single champion, which right. is a neat gimmick but a tired one already, in my opinion. And so to try to build a storyline around what we already knew what was happening after we already saw two titles is weird. Just do it. Just give them the new title. Like, just we imagine, already know what's happening. Just imagine if, like, Joey Janela had gotten the title if they're doing this customization. Oh, man, that would have been freaking amazing. It would have looked like those cardboard titles that the YOLO champions brought to WWE that one time. Oh, oh Yeah. Shout out to uh, Dave Dutra and uh, um, fucking um, oh yeah, yeah AJ Kirsch, yeah, yeah. AJ Kirsch, YOLO champions. The, uh, the Rock, uh, the um, when Rock had that challenge, the winner, mm-hmm. Joseph Bro Jody Brody, wait, Broseph Joe Brody, Hood Slam, nice, uh, shakes. Were you going to say anything about uh, Rampage and the Scorpio Sky thing? No, the only thing I want to say is, like, I, I really don't understand what Diamond Mind is. That's NXT. We're not on NXT. Yeah, we're not on NXT yet. Oh, okay. All right. I'll I don't think anyone anyway. understands. But that, I, that just boggles me. I'll, I agree. Yeah. <laughs> and you know what, Chase? I don't think anybody understands the Diamond Mind thing. Hell, the people who are in Diamond Mind, I don't think I know what the hell it is. So it feels like it's gone through yeah. a few iterations of trying to figure themselves out. Yeah, yeah. I'll give you that for sure. Uh, but no, Rampage. But no, but I definitely um, watched Diamond Mind. Didn't they Rampage bring? Wasn't really too intriguing. Sean Spears Giant was that the uh, the big cast? Big Damo, that's who it was. It was Big Damo. I was really upset. That's how they brought him in, man. Like they brought in Damo just to get a loss, so Sean Spears can go into this Wardlow match. Damo's a beast. Damo's a beast. Believable one. Yeah, I mean Beast of Belfast. They called him, and he's hairy. He was like the animal. Like they already have a hairy guy. Yeah, to bring him in just to lose to Sean Spears, jobber of the company since day one. Just so we can think he might win against Wardlow, which no one even slightly believes. Like, this was so... This was not... Damo deserves better. Why don't we see that trending on Twitter? Because actually, a lot of their fan base likes Sean Spears. I know... No one likes Sean Spears. Exactly. But their fan base does. Because trust me, I think AEW fans like things that... I'm like, really? Why would you like that? I saw a lot of people saying that they don't understand why people aren't giving Sean Spears more credit. And I wanted to respond with, because even with as little credit as he's getting, it's too much. He's not good at any of this and should disappear. He just had a gimmick that people yelled 10 at and, you know. Yes. And it is awful. He's been so awful for so long. He's a dude that uh, I would like to see some like psycho Sid stuff. You know what I mean? Like just, 
jump down from the second turnbuckle, snap your leg in half, and then we'll, the show can move along. You know what I mean? Wow. wow. What? Mark, oh. How you can, really feel. Uh, can, can, we we can we just go, go into Dynamite so I can start shit talk? Because I'm ready to start shit talk. Let's, let's talk Dynamite. Cause that Dynamite opened up with Sean Spears again. God damn it. <laughs> you probably hey. know I'm done with this episode. I, I, yeah. I'm, I mean. I saw that, I'm like, great. Marsh isn't going to watch this shit at all. Okay. So here, here's my thing. Mar- Marsh, throw out that thing you talked to me about before we started about booking of the show because i I got some things i want to throw out here so from an overview of the show which by the way i did watch it today and all in all i don't think it was inherently a bad episode of aew a lot of people were saying that they felt like the show was booked backwards that that they're like oh maybe it's the benefit of hindsight being 2020 but i would have put this in this order this one here would this go here but the one thing everyone synonymously said was that they would have put the first match on last and ended the show with Wardlow looking like King Kong on top of the cage, screaming, I'm coming for you, you dirty son of a bitch, or whatever he yelled. I don't know what he yeah. yelled. Uh, and I think everyone synonymously, anonymous, or, uh, unanimously uh, agreed that that's how the show should have ended and not started. Uh, before we get into the booking concept of, of starting hot and all that, which I think Clump's going to dive, in, dive into a little bit, um, uh, Raj Giri, the founder of Wrestling Inc., uh, who I'm a big fan of, uh, he posted a response to somebody mentioning about how the show felt like it was booked backwards, which is, by the way, a critique I've seen mentioned about AEW a lot, especially in the last like two months or so, that it feels like the show starts strong and peters out towards the end. Raj mentioned that for Dynamite, for whatever reason, the first two segments are always the two most highest rated segments. So it makes sense to him that they might book heavy up top because that's where they have the most viewers. I felt like that was almost a chicken or the egg conversation of is it booked strong up top because it will peter out or does it peter out because it's booked strong up top and people know it? Like, can you watch the first couple of segments and go, all right, well, I know the good stuff's out of the way and and tune in again later. Clump, you had something you want to say about that and then we're going to go on to everybody else see what they want to say. So let's say I agree uh, with, to me, this should have been the end of the the episode, um, and mm-hmm. I feel like if nothing else, because that end of the match that you and I were talking about earlier, when people talk about AEW feeling like it's a kind of booked in reverse, what's a better into a show than a guy standing on top of a cage, pointing at the person he's going to beat, and a storyline you've built for a long time? Yeah, it may not be the main event for the pay-per-view but you've also been booking so much of your main event in the middle of the show so i'm cool with this and i'm cool it could be the main event believably it's got that much heat behind it that if this was the main event on double or nothing no one's gonna scoff continue Mm -hmm. exactly i i think it was a great amount like it had a weird middle to me in that Mm -hmm. i don't know why he didn't put Sean Spears in that power bomb at the end where he bounced off because he just bounced some like tiny uh, indie guy, which I felt bad for his ass. That I'm like, fuck oh, Sean yeah. Spears. He sh- Sean Spears should have taken that bump, and he didn't. Fuck Sean Spears for not taking that fucking bump. He should have taken that bump. Also, if you the dude disappeared. Yes. It would have been <laughs> way- Imagine you do that at the end of the episode. You have that, and Wardlow 
put Sean Spears through the fucking ring. Like, the highlight I saw, I saw somebody, like, post, like, and he's gone, and I was, like, watching, like, a, the powerbomb in a party, he's like, oh, shit, did he put him through the ring? That'd be dope. No. End it with Sean Spears going through the ring, and then Wardlow getting up and, like, pointing at MJF, who's there in shock, like, oh, fuck. And then yeah. you just see AEW. Like, that's great to me. That's it's perfect. Yeah. Exactly. That would that would have been great, you know, and you could have started the Owen Hart Invitational is not a it's 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 like King of the Ring and that's great and all, but it's not the be all end all of this company. No. You know? The winner of the Owen Hart Invitational doesn't get a belt. They probably get a title sh- they get a title shot, I'm sure. They get yeah. a lot of steam behind them, that's great. It builds story, awesome. But it's not building the this big crescendo we're waiting for you know yeah. and this was a I, overall i thought it was a great match i liked what mjf did i liked wardlow um i like sean spears getting his ass beat i thought it was handled really well it for was most a part, solid, i didn't like yeah, the chair it, shot i think sean spears are being the quote chairman he's got a weak ass chair chair swing and then mjf just like went down like a cartoon and that took a really long time they probably but outside of that it was fine and then he just laid there with his eyes open all the time (laughs) well they probably also don't want him to swing for the fences because he gave cody a shit ton of stitches so chairman be damned we're gonna chill you out because you're not great with this also they did that weird thing where they're like oh the only way to win this is to be for his pinfall and submission they don't have the exiting the cage as a win so why the fuck is Sean Spears trying to climb out the fucking cage? Well, he walked out to go get his chair, which he rested yeah, on the yeah. outside. That was kind of silly, too. But it was, uh, you know, with as much as I think that stuff was kind of silly, in fairness, because I'm really harsh to them when I critique them, they didn't exactly pull me out of the match. I was just like, all right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it didn't ruin it by any means, but there were definitely, even in their good stuff, they can't help themselves but do a little bit of, like, silly shit. Like, they just can't. Even Sami Zayn, with as goofy as he is, somehow bell to bell, you believe every fucking thing he's doing and why. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, there's a, a mastery to it. Uh, Shakes, what's your take? Uh, I Jesus, agree. Clump. I know, right? I agree, that? but... Um... <laughs> he's got a gallon of something there. Half gallon. It's my fourth Half today. Gallon? Whoa. <laughs> uh, all right. I don't have to talk about that offline. Go ahead, Shake. Sorry about it's that. It's my colon. I'm sorry. I have to drink a lot of water because my colon's all shitty. No. <laughs> now you I feel bad about money. my medical conditions. Fuck all, I'll fuck all of you. Go ahead, Shakes. <laughs> it's my I fissures. Didn't say anything. I just have weird faces like, oh, wow. Yeah. Thank you, Amanda. Um, you're welcome. So, exactly the question um, what is it about dynamite or is this um, just that the- match? Uh, both. Let's talk about that match. What would you thought of it? And if you felt like it should have closed the show or any of your thoughts on the idea that people are starting to criticize AEW feels booked backwards. Yeah, I mean, I think it is poorly booked. But um, I, I still find it very entertaining. Mm-hmm. They still put a lot of stuff in it that allows the consumer to just stay tuned. And so, I, I I see it that way. They do um they miss the ball on a lot of things. Yeah, like they miss the ball on a lot of things. So they could get better in that way, but they still 
have an entertaining product. Sure. So then the question is, is, is kind of what I was leaning towards is, is the show in and of itself bit by bit in bubbles isn't bad content as you're going. It's not like this is awful, but are they, do you think their, their build is scattered, right? Like where you could build a show to crescendo at the end and feel like you're dropping off hot and then it goes off air and you go, God damn, I could have gone for some more. Or are they booking it reverse with all the hot stuff up front and it's petering as it goes. So by the time it ends, you go, well, that was a nice show. I, and you're glad it's over. Like it's by the, by the very end. Okay. <laughs> like to be honest to me, the, the ending match, Samoa Joe versus Kyle O'Reilly, I was ready for that to be over. There was a certain point where I was like, this match is going too long. I think the second part of what you said, like it starts off real well. And then it's like, okay, when's this show over now? Like, yeah. Damn, it, it, At a certain point, hasn't right? been two hours yet. You know, like, like yeah. God, yeah. So yeah, and I, it's I not for lack it of quality content. Mm-hmm. It's a lack of putting things in the right order, where you can build. Where you go, okay, that was cool. And the next thing happens, you go, oh, that was real cool. And then like, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, the idea is that you can build good stuff, and it feels more important as you go. But if you start with stuff that goes reverse, by the end of it, you go like, I'm not even into the main event anymore. You know what I mean? And you don't want that. You deflate yeah. it. Yeah. Which is an interesting thing to think about, like the importance of match order and segment order, you know what I mean? Structure. Structure, yeah. Good point. Uh, Amanda? Well, you know, I'm not a fan of Tony's booking, as we know. Um, So sometimes I have the problem of I question why things are in the places that they are. Yes. So for me, I don't think it's necessarily that it's being booked backwards. It's just booked kind of odd. And honestly, what they should have probably opened with was Hangman and Phil talking Mm. to get that shit out of the way, you know? And then, you know, go from there. Because I wouldn't have opened with Joe and Kyle O'Reilly. I wouldn't have opened with that. You know what I might have opened with, though? Realistically, when I look at this card? The Jungle Boy, Strickland, and Starks, because that would have started off hot. Bro, you, you, great minds. Great Mm -hmm. minds. Don't, oh, I can't wait till we get to that. Oh, my God. (laughs) No, but I also wanted to point out, too, remember, the last time the AEW had very high ratings, higher, like, for the second half of the show, being higher rated than the first half, it was... Darby versus Ricky Starks. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the skateboard one. Yeah so, yeah. so that tells you that you can put something like that in the middle and it still be a success. Now, because it's odd that all of a sudden, hey, your second half, you're putting this match and that got more buzz than in the beginnings of it. So it's very interesting in that sense. But yeah. I don't think it's necessarily backwards. It's just more of common sense, I would think. Just and <clears throat> and things that should open don't open. Um and it's just the positioning of things. And you know, I, I think don't it does think... too. I think it hurts their product. Yeah. Because absolutely. like I said, if you had this all of this stuff in the right order, by the end of it you'd be like, Man, what an amazing episode. Yeah. But you put it all the same exact stuff in a different order and by the end of it you go 
I'm ready for this to be over. Like, I just think that, like, he's he doesn't understand or maybe he doesn't know what he's going to get with each segment either because he's not so involved in the stuff. Like, like well, WWE's too think, involved, right? Maybe I he doesn't know what he's getting on each segment to where he doesn't know what order, you know? But I think with him, this is the issue, is that nobody backstage is going to tell him this kind of sucks. He has too many yes-men back mm. there, people kissing his ass, and no one is going to, you know... Say, you know, Tony, this is kind of funky. Even people who've, you know, been in the industry a long time. Like, you know, yeah. if you've got, like, I don't know, like Jerry Lynn, he's not going to, you know, they're not going to yeah. say anything. You know, and it's just, it kind of yeah. is, yeah, it is what it is. Yeah. And um, another hot opener would have been, like, um, FTR and Rapunky Vice. Potentially. Ring of Honor, no one really kind of cares about Ring of Honor, let's be honest, right now. So that would have been a good one because you're reintroducing it. Um, Ring of Honor, for me, Las Vegas, Ring of Honor, they come twice a year and it was always a really great show because it was the one that was right before usually Super Card of Honor or a big show. Um, And then the other one in September was always a big one as well. So for me, it's a good call too. Well, let's go through the show a little bit. Uh, Knowing now that we've talked about kind of the booking feeling a little bit sporadic and feel like it was actually damaging to the presentation of it because then the moments by themselves, like I said, felt like overall decent. And when you really scope out, you go, you know, nothing was just absolute garbage by any means. But by the end of the show, you felt a little worn out when you feel like, if, if I saw it in a different order, I don't know I would have felt the same way. Uh, but it did start with the cage match. We heard a lot about what Clump thought about it. We heard a lot about what I thought about it. Shakes, what exactly did you feel about the, the cage match in and of itself? Just between who? Oh, pay, cage uh, match. Damn. Sean Spears and Wardlow and MJF in his best HBK. I think it was a good match. I think it was a good cosplay. match. I just was kind of confused with the referee part of it. You know, yeah. like, I knew, like, MJF is not going to give you a three count. Yes. It's just not going to do it. So what are they going to do here? How are they going to twist this? And the way they did it, having Spears knock him out with the chair, and like I said, that was funny how he just laid there with his eyes open the whole so damn time. Loud. So loud. I mean, for like <laughs> 10 minutes, bro. Like, I mean, wow. That, that chair shot was really was amazing. Fun. Yeah, so. <laughs> Hardest so, um, chair shot that, known to man. Man, man, I don't yeah. never want to feel that one. So, um, <laughs> so yeah, uh, you know, I, I got how they ended it, and um, mm-hmm. you know, because at first I was questioning how they was even going to get to that route, but um, I got it, and then like what I really liked is you know when he was beating up the security guards, like I said, the dude was gone. I mean, he powerballed yeah. him through the, the gate, and then after that, he fell somewhere, and we don't even know where he fell to. He fell into the abyss somewhere. I don't know, yeah. bro. It was... It, that was crazy. So, I, yeah. I like that match. Yeah, I thought, it was, I thought it was a decent match overall. Amanda, any thoughts on that? It was okay. Um, no. I'm just kind of like, get on with it, with Wardlow. Mm-hmm. Because... They really like to drag out the MJF crap longer than it should. So for me, when I went into watching this, 
I was like, well, I'm glad it opened in a way because then I don't have to sit through it. Do you think, because a lot of people are saying that this is evident to them that Wardlow is a massive, massive star for the company. And I can't tell if I actually believe that Wardlow's coming off as a big star so much as he's the other half of the MJF segment. You know what I mean? Like he's one half of the MJF stuff and MJF is so over to that crowd that they're going to boo MJF relentlessly and cheer anyone they put him against. You know what I mean? Is being in a program with MJF really star making though? You know what I mean? That's what I no. wonder. And I, we won't know until we get to the other side, and, to be honest. And really, I don't even think that is the case. They were, and Warlow is a, is a star in a, in his own right. And I think they already pushing that because they see that he's a star uh, factor. These, the crowd really loves him. They really react to him. Mm-hmm. So I think that that's what e, AEW is banking on, but um, to double down on it and have MJF as a legitimate heel, a legitimate yeah. rival. That I think that's what they're doing. But like mm-hmm. you said, they may be dragging it out a little bit too much. Yeah. I think it'll be really interesting to see what happens with Wardlow in the next couple months. After the MJF program, what happens to, to Wardlow on if he's really a, a big star or not. You know what I mean? Like I think the potential's there for sure. I just don't know what it means on the other side. Well, I think on the other side with it is really to be quite honest, is you have to challenge some of those big guys. Yeah. Not necessarily Keith Lee, because, I don't know, Keith Lee's going to be a little wild. So he's, he's starting to get his groove back, but it's not the same. Mm. But you need yeah. to have him against, like, a like a powerhouse Hobbs. You know, and to see. Because like, he hasn't really been tested um, on people that he's wrestled. Mm. You haven't seen that yet. I mean, you get people who are kind of meh, thrown at the side, and it's making him look strong. Okay, yeah, yeah he's beating up indie security workers, you know? <laughs> it, it, yeah, and I am like, you need to prove yourself. And yeah. in my opinion, he has not improved it. He's not proved himself to me. So I'm like, yeah, you're just part of the MGF fold. Yeah. Can you get rid of it? I don't know. That's kind of where I sit with him, that he feels like part of the MJF package right now, and I really want to see, once he breaks on his own, how he fares on his own. What were you going to say, Shakes? I'm sorry. Um, And I I said uh, Diamond Mine earlier, right? Because it was NXT. I I guess that was on my my head. But what – and I guess it kind of is the same group to me when I think about it. But on the AEW side, uh, America's top team. That's another yeah. thing that I just can't understand. What the hell is America's care. top team? No idea. I've got nothing for them. They had a promo on there too, and it just it felt like a lot of pointless jabber to me. And all it really boiled down to is, hey, we made a custom title for Scorpio Sky. Wait till you see it. Is what the that's what the whole thing felt like to me. I did. I don't right. understand why they're together. I don't understand how they're helping each other. And like none of it makes any sense. They're one of those segments where I just accepted it happened to move on. Mm-hmm. So I agree with you on that. I don't know. I don't have insight on that. Clump, you got a name? Is terrible. Like, America, <laughs> like you couldn't come up with nothing else. Nothing else. America's isn't, top team. That's but awesome. isn't that what he called himself in in the UFC world? It wasn't that what he called his own little training camp? America's top team. I that's where yeah, it came from. Called. His real life training it. camp. Which uh, I agree with you is a terrible name for his training camp, but <laughs> it has purpose. A training camp. I mean, yeah. it was it was horrible as a, a wrestling group, 
You mean to tell me that's actually a training camp named America's Top Team? Come on, man. What are you doing? Yeah. Yeah. Clump started America's Bottom Team. Didn't go as we thought it would. <laughs> it's actually a. It was more of a not safe for work thing, and I'd, I'd appreciate you not bringing that up, Marsh. Um, it's spiraled out of control. It's a side project. Hey, Clump, you're, uh, a little, you're a little sensitive today, Clump. What's going on? Uh, it's, it's all. It's all good. You know, we we can talk about Eric. Uh, America's bottom team, uh, sponsored by Bad Dragon. Uh, yeah, a lot of. Yeah, exactly. You know, it's the, <laughs> we're 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 a bunch of empty men looking to be fulfilled. Yeah. So. Yep. Here we go. Sponsored something. Something. Yeah. Um. Do you have any? Uh, you know what? Let's move on to the next segment there, though. Uh, Hangman Page and CM Punk. I want to know what boy, you guys boy, thought about boy, this. Boy, Let's boy, start boy, with boy. Kev, or not Kev, Clump. Fuck. Clumplar. I'm going to call you Clumplar tonight. <laughs> we had the mighty return of Kevlar yesterday, and I'm still riding high on it. So, Clump. Okay. I mean, hell yeah. The Ironics. Uh, I love the it. Ironics. Man. Yep. Um, I, 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 I left it thinking, like, okay, cool. It's nice to see some personality here. Like, we're trying to create like a good guy bad guy thing but it just it it felt half-assed like i appreciated what page is trying to do there i appreciated page trying to 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 bring some questions to cm punk but it felt like he kept pulling punches like i when he said you talk when he when he brought up like you wear these shirts and talk about people being you know union guys and workers rights I wanted him to go further. I wanted him to say like, but you yourself, you know, you yourself are a guy riding coattails. You're not one of the boys. You're who the boys aspire to be, which is fantastic. But you're here making a bigger paycheck than any one of us. You're here coming for my belt because you're booked to do so. I would have loved the fuck out of that, but it was very half-assed and passive. And it felt to me like, they had a lot more in somebody, probably last name Brooks, was like, nah, let's not do that. That's a bit much. And it could have been amazing. You know, I, I feel, to me, like, in NXT, Joe Gacy as a character is using uh, the idea of modern culture as a pro- in a progressive sense to – be the opposite of it and be evil and cruel and i feel like you could really do that with cm punk and really argue that because i feel like and we've talked about this a lot when cm punk comes out and brings uh the world outside into wrestling he's celebrated but he comes off and could be very good as a hypocritical figure yeah you know he is and could play into that. I, I, you know, I would respect it if they did it more. Because yeah, you know, I, I don't knock the causes he backs up. I get that. That's cool and all. But I feel here, if you want to go further, that'd be fantastic for Adam Page to argue it. You know, like you haven't. Yeah. When was the last time you had to teach school while you did like while you did shows? When was the last time you had to quit your career that you you know were 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 going for and take that risk? to do something but no it yeah. just felt half-assed 
I how many wanted risks have to you lose? taken since you left? You know what I mean? Huh? You can't even call and UFC a risk. They paid you two million dollars to lose fights twice. Exactly. You know what I mean? The company that you the com- the whole reason you're here, you shit talk you should talk another company and they pay and you got paid to work with them. Yeah. They yeah. made you this. Mm-hmm. And yeah. you took advantage of that, came back in as an analyst? What are you doing here? But it felt kinda half assed. You know, and I I would have loved that you know somebody who does like CM Punk if they went that far I feel that would have been more interesting for Punk to respond to that and yeah yeah I want to hear from Shakes what do you well, think of Page and Punk and you can tack on to what he's saying or not no no it's, I love what Clunk's saying um, I love what everybody brings to this to this uh, podcast here but um, what I would say is I, I kind of agree with Clump. You know, they, they could have done more. And I don't like the fact that CM Punk kind of downplayed it. And it, mm-hmm. to me, it don't make it where I've been saying, like, for a week now, right? We were saying this last week. I'm like, yeah, CM Punk, they're going to turn him here. And she was making a face at me and everything. Like, no. But... When this happened, it made me change my whole mind now. Like, he could have really went that hill route right there. He could have went for the juggler, and he didn't. Mm-hmm. And then the same same with Paige. Like, he could have really threw some haymakers, and mm-hmm. instead he was just jabbing. Jab, 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 jab. It was like watching the Mayweather fight. Yeah, yeah. Amanda, what did you want to say about the... First of all, I love Hangman's new shirt, by the way. I need to get that on their sale. It was neat. It was yeah, neat it was really neat. And it wasn't black, so shout out to you, Hangman, yep. for that choice, if that was even your choice. But anyways, to kind of coattail on what Clump said, there's only one person, and we all know who I'm going to say, that really will be the most effective that has person. nothing to do with this segment Amanda I, I'm letting you I'm letting him know I am letting him know and I'm letting all you know you know we all know who it is but anyways um I think no she's talking about Cole Cabana again yeah, <laughs> I said what do you think about Heyman said well here's the thing about Cole is what she no, does I was responding to Clark Okay. Yeah. If you want someone to do it, that that's who to do it and yes. he can do it and it's really gonna make him look like even more of an asshole because of the situation. That, yeah, that's, that's a good call. It's someone who be who might be willing to push further than Phil's willing to go could be a dude like Colt because at the end of the day, what are you gonna fucking do? Fire me and I still make fucking like three bucks a shirt? Yeah, I know it's only a dollar. It might be. I more think it's now. more than a dollar at this point. I think it started think. as a dollar. I think it's more than a dollar right now. If I'm no, it honest. did not start as a dollar, by the way. FYI, okay. that I do. All right. All right. Anyway, <laughs> I know you don't know about contracts, but I, I heard that. Uh, I heard it from the horse's mouth. But anyways, <clears throat> because someone joked. But anyways, Hangman. I think they wanted to use this opportunity for Hangman to 
be a little bit more vocal. Try to get that mic time and those skills because he really hasn't had that, mm-hmm. you know? And why not go to one of the supposed best talkers in, in the game? Yes. You know, so I think with Hangman, it almost felt like he was frustrated. Yes. I don't know if anyone got that. Because in the way I saw it was the frustration he had and the way he was delivering everything to me was like, he knows we pretty much, it says to me, he's going to not, he's going to lose the belt. And it's very frustrating. And I think for him, as someone who he started, he was one of the first people in the company. And he kind of, you know, he, he did what he had to do. And, you know, they kind of screwed him over. And, and then it was like, well, it's too little too late. And then now look at what happened. They give him the belt. And it's not that long. And it's going to someone who, you know, really was only really there, I think, because it was something that Vince couldn't do. Couldn't he came back for his own self-indulgence. He didn't come back for them. He came back for him. Because it was going to be Tony him Khan. And he's like, hey. So yeah. I think that that's where you see with Hangman. Now, with Phil... I mean, he probably could have gone on and on and on. He chose not to because I think he's like, yeah, you you know, airtime because it, it could get too much. And I think that at the end of the day, you know, he's done enough talking at this point that it's like, for me, it's put up or shut up. But, you know, I think he's going to get the keys to the kingdom. Is it deservedly so? No. But then again, mm-hmm. you know, I didn't pay him $7 million a year or whatever to do what he does. So so I think it's interesting, too, because I feel that, that I'm somewhere between all of it. And I'm usually pretty slanted on this stuff, if I'm honest, with my own bias. Like, why wouldn't I be? Let's, let's you know, realistically, this is all about embracing your bias and leaning in, right? But I felt like... This whole time, Hangman Page's title run has been too little too late. They made him champion when it didn't matter anymore. They gave him a shitty story. They paused it for so long and came back to it. The people said, that's long-term story. And you said, no, it's just a pause in story. It's like if you take three days to watch a movie, it's not a three-day-long movie. It's a movie that took you three days to watch because you kept falling asleep, right? I know from experience. All right, okay. I know from experience. Moving on. Yeah, that's the problem is moving on. So – it's it's not long-term story if you just fall asleep at the wheel. And that's what's been happening with Hangman Page. Everyone's been falling asleep at the wheel with him. Every single match, every single title shot he's had at this point, I just go, whatever. Too little, too late. He's not important. He's literally your mid-card champion. The TNT title goes on afterwards most of the time. He's always in the middle somewhere. And he's not even top of the hour middle. He is middle-middle. This promo here, it felt like Paige was frustrated. It felt like he was angry. It felt like he was being held back by by Punk's creative. And all of a sudden, I felt like, I'm going to be pretty fucking mad if they put this on Punk right now. (laughs) Where before, I was really honestly like, I don't give a shit who's got it when it comes out because it doesn't matter either way. Mm. I've really felt like it didn't matter who the champion is right now. But after this promo and seeing Paige talk the way he was about Punk, I felt the same as Clump where I feel like, why isn't he taking that extra step? Why is he stopping at the line of, it's ironic that you say these things, but that's not who you are in the back. Mm-hmm. 
what's the next sentence? What's that next? You did this to prove that, right? He just had to stare at him. And then like Shake said, Punk's then super dismissive, kind of leans down a little bit. Like he leaned down like he was talking to a child. I don't know why you're so mad, Hangman. Condescending, patronizing little shit. And I was all like, fuck that guy. If that dude walks away with the title, I'm going to be fucking pissed for Paige. And I didn't even give a shit he was a champion last week. You know what I mean? So for me, I was seeing all those kind of things you guys are mentioning, but it actually made me feel something this time. I feel like someone brought up a point that I think that they were on the edge of saying and they didn't say it, and it's a, a habit of AEW to not go the extra step when punk became ring of honor champion. He then went on about how he's going to go to WWE. Cause that's the big show. This is lesser than, and he had that whole summer of punk thing. He had the whole contract signing thing. He was an anti-champion champion. He was a baby face into the championship and then too big for his own ego. Once he got it, the summer punk part two in WWE, he gets the championship and it's, it's this company's terrible. This company's awful. It doesn't treat me right. Look at I'm the champion. I'm not even going on main event. John Cena's still your top guy, but I'm your champion. And it was this anti-WWE storyline throughout the entire time he was the fucking champion. Paige, by saying I'm protecting AEW from you, they were one step away from saying the last thing we need is another champion who doesn't respect where he works. You know what I mean? Like, they were so close to all that. But it, it to me, I thought this was pretty cool because I was like, well, I'll be damned. Walking out of this, I felt like Punk was really came off looking weaker then. He did not come off as a stronger talker in this segment. Anybody? Yeah, I feel a Bill. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, with Hangman, damn right he should be standing up for... AEW. I mean, because I'm sure... I'm sure that he's probably one of the the ones who is really frustrated about, you know, hey, there's these guys who came in and, you know, started this foundation of something that obviously it's not anymore. It's kind of gone away from it. Yeah. And, you know, and I get it. And he, he probably sees, you know, people who are there and they're like, you know, they're not doing anything. And it's like, what, what the hell? Because you're giving all of these people who you're paying a lot of money to that shine when it really wasn't supposed to be that way. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, when I look back on it and I'm like, yeah, that's probably another big reason why Cody left too, is because he was committed to that. Because anytime you ever saw him talk about, you know, AEW, in the pre, you know, in the baby days. Yeah. It was always about, there was a passion about it. Yeah. Now it's completely different. So I'm thinking, okay, and Hangman knows probably in his heart, it's like, it'd be great to beat him. But that ain't going to happen because, yeah. you know, it's all about, this is the guy that we're paying a lot of money and I guess we want our money's worth. Yeah. Well, you did because you made a lot of money on his t-shirts. Yeah. And because um, there, I think there was an episode of Dynamite kind of early on when he first came back. And it seemed like everybody was wearing his shirt. And I'm like, God, you fucking lemmings. 
Jesus Christ. I don't own one of his. I only own one shirt of his. And that was because I thought it was cool because I'm a hockey fan. And it was his head as the Blackhawk. I thought that was really cool. But then I have, I don't have it anymore because film. Yeah. That that whole thing pissed me off and I got rid of it. Yeah. Um, but I really do think that with Hangman, a lot of people, I think he's representing a lot of people in the back. And I think he's also representing a lot of these fans who think that this kind of shit is bullshit. Because yeah. I felt that. You're like, you're representing me. Not because I don't like Phil. It's just, you know, these people coming in are getting more time than people who've either A, been a pillar of yeah. this company and started from the get, or two, came aboard, and they're amazing, awesome stars, but you, you throw them on internet TV. Yeah. You know? So... Yeah. And, and I think I spoke on that earlier as far as, you know, that's what happened with WCW, yeah. right? Yes. And they started to pay and cherish and give more time on TV, the airtime, to the guys that they got from WWE. And the guys that they already had from WCW felt slighted. Yep. And it's the same thing here. It's like, they're doing the same thing. It's, they're, they're giving WWE guys the time, the money, mm-hmm. and then they say AEW, move aside. Mm-hmm. And when what you do when you do that is you minimize your company, because then you're saying mm-hmm. that is a bigger platform over there. Yep. They have better guys over there. If they come over here, they'll dominate over here. Yep. You're minimizing your own company, and I can see where the disdain that you had spoke of, Amanda, that was in his voice and Adam Page. And I, I seen it too. That's why I said what I said. I, I yeah. can see that it's some frustration there. Yeah, and I loved it, and I loved it. I've been so cold on this whole ping Page reign. That I I watched it and then kind of had to stop stop and like stare for a minute and go damn I'm feeling something about this right now you know what I mean like I haven't given one shit about anything CM Punk has said or done since he's shown up I haven't given one shit about Hangman Page as a champion since he has been you know sorry I'm not trying to disrespect them I just haven't it is what it is I'm not saying I disrespect them as people or performers I just haven't cared this one promo made me sit back and go oh shit I really don't want Paige to lose this it might have been unintentional altogether (laughs) they might have been trying to get me to root for punk (laughs) right but and they did that total opposite but that happens and at the end of the day John Cena has said it Roman Reigns have said it literally the greats say it I don't care if you're booing if you're cheering I don't care if you're 50-50 as long as you are upset enough to make noise one way or the other right and i felt like making noise so uh moxley and kingston against private party was there anything about that you guys want to talk about only only thing i had of note was that kingston was out there wrestling in sneakers compression socks and basketball shorts and i thought he could have just been a fan he literally walked out from the outside i wouldn't have known well he he did that on the indies a lot he didn't care he didn't give a fuck yeah, but that's what it ends up looking like, and you're on fucking national yeah. TV now, so maybe you should look like you give a fuck. 
Well, because I'll tell you, people. When I go to, because see, the thing is, is I can go down to like a restaurant and can tell who who gives a fuck or not, and I mm-hmm. have just the same level of lack of respect for them. Mm-hmm. You don't give shit enough to comb your goddamn hair before you come to work. Like, all right, well then I don't give a shit if I tip you. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Well, like, but also in this like in this vein of everything is, I think that um, with Kingston, you got to take this into consideration that they've really kind of fucked him over. He was very, very strong. And then, you know, I keep saying it. Uh, Sparkler date happened. Now he looks like a chump, you know, and all that other shit. And it's like, why should you, why, if I were him, why should I fucking care? Why should I I fucking care? I can't disagree with that at all. I, I was such a big Kingston fan coming out of NWA I was like, this is the dude. The second he showed up, I was like, he's going to change everything. He should be there. He's the best talker. And then everything after the whole sparkler and after, I just went like, why the fuck did they castrate my guy? Like, yeah. they made him feel like nothing. And so then to see him come out and fucking like this, yeah. I was like, I mean, I guess I get it. But at the same time, it's like, yeah. it doesn't make wait- me like root for you. I'm waiting for Jazzwares to bring out the pack that um... – Mox and uh, Kingston with with sparklers. Haven't seen I it yet. You know what's funny it. is they had the the Mox and 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 Omega from that match, and also mm-hmm. like, oh, where's the Kingston sleeping? Yeah. Clump, I got my uh, I got my bad dragon glass you gave me as a gift, Clump. Hell yeah! Sponsored, not sponsored. Uh, I, I I threw out that Gurkha. It got rough. I switched to a Caldwell. All right, cool. Yeah, no, that makes sense. Hey, you know what? You get a fireball in your face. <laughs> I'm a wizard. Do you like the wizard stuff, Shakedown? Shakes. <laughs> hey, I think it's funny. Man. I, <laughs> I love that line. <laughs> what happens when you get a fireball in your face? Because I'm a wizard. <laughs> like, where does that come from? Like, what? What? Like, what? <laughs> Why? Harry Potter. Part of, part so of me, a lot. <laughs> I mean, part of me is like Jericho takes this as a challenge. Like, yo, I'm gonna do this, and I'm not giving up. Mm. Like, like it, he's he's gonna do it. Fuck you. He's gonna go. It, it's it's not. It's a challenge to him. Like, okay, he here's this dumbass idea. I got it. I'll make it work. By virtue, like, you're going for the ride. I'm not giving up, which I respect. Mm. You know, and if it was anyone else, it, it can't work. But I will give Jericho. It works. All right. Then I'll hold my ball in your face because he's a wizard. Yeah. But you know <laughs> what I'm waiting for? <laughs> it's the right thing. I am waiting for them to go back to like Orlando as much as I don't want them maybe keep out west. Yeah. And I want someone to go to like the Harry Potter thing and get one of those custom wands and give it to Jericho. <laughs> Cuz you know, he's a wizard. Cuz he's a wizard. Mm-hmm. I want Robbie Coltrane who played Hagrid to come out and say you're a wizard, Chris, and just that's it. They have <laughs> the money. Cool. I'm but you know, Tony scene. doesn't think of these things. You know, I should be on his payroll. Oh. You know, All right? Give him a call. Yeah. No people there. <laughs> no people. 
Uh, let's see. Let's see. Uh, I don't have anything else to add on that one because I. Because he's a wizard. You don't need. Because he's a wizard. See, there you go. Uh, yeah, ROH a fireball in your face. <laughs> ROH tag champs FTR against Rapongi Vice. <laughs> Uh, Trent Beretta, Rocky Romero. We do have the interference at the very end with uh, Jeff Cobb and, as JR called him, some other guy. Uh, oh, United okay. Empire, I believe, is what they're called. Uh, yep, sadly. I'm waiting for Jeff to overthrow Ocean Spray. The Great Ocon, right? Uh, mm-hmm. Here's what I thought about it the match itself was solid, the interference was interesting, Annoying. if nothing else. For what for whatever reason, Great O'Con came off as the sloppiest dude. Yeah. I have a feeling he's actually quite good. Is my is my gut, but nothing he did landed the right way. Nothing was timed well. It was all just such a mess. I was like, who is this goof? And what a shame that this is how we're introduced him because he's just messing up every single movie he's doing. I don't know Great O'Con. I'm going to lean on you guys to tell me if that's how he is or if this was a, a, a one-off. I'll start with Clump, and then we'll go to Amanda. Is it – so isn't he Great Ocon, like, uh, related to Jado? Like, is he attached yeah. to, like, Jado? Okay. okay, cool. Like, I get it. And, like, he, he's he's an older dude doing his best, and that's awesome. But, like, the iron claw thing is where I was like, okay, fuck is this? Like – it just seemed it was like this is a very awkward way to throw somebody through a table, and boy oh boy, you ruined all the the goodwill that Jeff Cobb just built for you. You know it 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 sucked. Also, I was annoyed to start because I love Jeff Cobb. I'm happy to see it, but did we need it to fuck the match up? Because it was a good match. It would have been great to see either one of these guys win, and then have this happen. Okay, cool. Do you think Great o- I mean, how is Great Ocon like actually good, or is he like not one of the best guys over there? He is like the runner, like he runs the company. He's like one of the bookers. Oh, he, he's Kevin Sullivan. Okay, Great O. I mean, but Sullivan was good. Yeah, yeah. at a time. <laughs> and that's kind of the thing is like, Great O was great when twenty years ago. Yeah. He's been doing it for a while. He's having fun. That, that that's great. But Minoru Suzuki, he is not. Like it. Uh, Amanda. He's not even Tai Chi. Okay. Let's go there. And I hate Tai Chi. Those damn ripoff pants. No, Great Great Ocon has not been that great. Did you seriously just? But Mike picked all of that up. I'm thinking, Clump. You know what happens when I think hard. I'm I'm taking in a lot of information. I have I have a release valve. Just like Great Ocon, that's not great. great It's how I know if I'm on the same page as you. You That needs to be like isolate that. That needs if you don't put that on Instagram, I'll be fucking pissed. Because that was the loudest (laughs) most like that was the fakest, loudest, like a most upsetting part I've ever heard. We, we got that New Year's one still around from with the ranch in it. One that old Gabe quit the show yeah, over. Was... <laughs> Gabe hasn't been back since. I don't think yeah, that's an accident. Sure. God, damn. I don't know. Don't know. 
Are okay. you gonna step away from the from the mic? Like, let us talk for a bit so you go check your fucking pants. No need. No need. Oh, They're God, just filters no. at this point. <laughs> no need. They I'm are just filled. gonna let it sit. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> go let it sit. Producer lady, we're drowning here. She uh, she stepped out to do laundry. That's how I knew I had a moment. Oh, God. <laughs> I'm telling. I'm telling. Anyways. This member of No, you don't need to tell. She's going to walk in and go, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah. She's probably like in the laundry room. Like, what the fuck? Just getting yeah. mad. She senses the disturbance of the force. Exactly. <laughs> She's like, go back to disturbing the force. Okay. <laughs> this match... I, as as most of you all know, I was gonna go to Dynamite and mm-hmm. Rampage. Yep. That did not happen. I got the worst FOMO when I heard Rapungi Vice, and I'm like, oh, because I've never seen Rapungi Vice live. I I love Rapungi Vice. I you know like years. I'm like, oh my god, these guys are great because that's where kind of my love for Trent Beretta comes from because him and Rocky are such a solid unit together. And dare I say, Trent Beretta's better with Rocky than he ever was with best friends. I'll go there. You can at me. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was a little sad. Um, great match um, because, you know, I like FTR and I like Rapungi Vice and I thought it was, it was great. Mm-hmm. Not great was when Cobb came out, my heart was like, yay, Ohana. Mm-hmm. And then I'm like, oh, no. And then just watching Great Ocon, I'm like, oh, this is shitty now. You just ruined this whole thing, you know? He was and, outrageously sloppy. It was oh, so I know. Weird. It was bad. And I'm like, Jeff is making you look like gold. What are you doing, you know? Oh. And, yeah. So I just was kind of like, man. You just took a very, very great match. And hopefully we're going to see this again, mm-hmm. FTR and Rapungi Vice, without the bullshit in it. Because I think what's going to happen is they're setting this up for um, the New Japan show. Oh, yeah, yeah, the Rindor show. Yeah, which I don't particularly like that in the sense mm. that you know what team would have been great with these guys. I'm sorry, Dangerous Techers, which if you don't know who that is, it's Tai Chi and Zack Sabre Jr. with Suzuki Gun. I mean, for me, that would have been a better, that would have been a, oh God, that would have been like, if I were Meltzer, that would have been a six-star match. Against FTR? FTR and Rapungi Vice. Oh, a triple threat, okay. Yeah, a triple threat. Mm -hmm. Now, you know, I, you know, it, it, but I said, like I said, like it would be a Dave Meltzer six star. However, since it's not at the Tokyo Dome, it loses some points. So it'll oh, only yeah. be a 4.75 star match. But it is in the Forbidden Door, which means it's almost in an entity all in of itself. Yeah, but the United Center is no goddamn Tokyo Dome. Yeah. Yeah. Right. But Tokyo is the Dome Forbidden Door a portal? No. So you can get the essence of the Tokyo Dome. Also, because if they can book the 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 legacy of Owen Hart, why can't they book the essence of Tokyo Dome? Because you can't. All right. Well, you just can't. I mean, <laughs> if anyone has ever seen a Wrestle Kingdom, you you can't. That's almost like forty, fifty thousand people. It's like the Japanese WrestleMania. Oh yeah, for sure. Know? And shakes. You, 
Shakes, do you oh. ever watch NJPW? Do you keep up with anything in the, the Japanese world? No. Uh-uh. Okay. So then I want your specific – because I wanted to start with them because they know more about NJPW than me and you. So for them to hear that Great Okan was coming out and they both immediately went like, oh, no. You and yeah. I were kind of probably on the same boat of going like, oh, who's this? What did you think yeah. once you actually saw Great Okan and Jeff Cobb interact with all of them? You mean in the uh, Rapunzel Vice match? Yes. In the Rapunzel Vice match with FTR, when Jeff Cobb and Great Okan showed up, what did you think of Great Okan and Jeff Cobb? I actually did I catch that. I don't think I caught that. You don't think but, at the end of the match? No, but mm-hmm. um, I was sitting there like really confused. Mm-hmm. Like, did best friends break up because when I seen mm-hmm. it I was like Rapungi Vice I was like oh man and I remember we were speaking and talking about it last week um, about that disbanding yeah and so when I seen it I was like oh, oh wow yeah. I guess they did disband and so to see it I was interested to see okay well what are they going to do with them yeah. yeah and the match was sloppy the match was like, uh. so for me, that's where I guess I walked away or whatever and didn't Checked catch out. that. Yeah, that makes sense. Oh, uh, I gotta apologize real quick. Um, so Grado Khan is not yeah. Grado. Um, oh. that's a separate guy who is in his forties. Who is the Booker? Grado Khan is like thirty. Mm. Um, he is new. He is significantly larger because Grado is like five five. Okay. So, uh, I, oops, I apologize. My journalistic integrity is, is gone. I thought, I thought they were. He was related. To no, them. no, he's not. He's, um, and, so and not... the longer, okay. the longer I go into this, the more I feel like I just was like, ah, he, he looks the same. I mean, he does look very similar to Grotto with a beard. And, yeah. and in essence, Grotto as one word versus great Ocon. Mm-hmm. It's not the biggest stretch to be like Grotto and great O. What are we doing? Like, don't it's not don't forget Jado. Then also they posted a ton on social media today of Great O'Con uh, celebrating in in Vegas, and it was him squeezing the asses of strippers on the strip. He was riding a big old wiener, like uh, one of those you know those electric bulls. He was on one of those, oh, but it was a Marsh. giant wiener he was hugging. Um, Real quick, Marsh. Yeah. I think I did catch that though. Okay, that, go ahead. That last joint when they would, um, cause they supposed to be going for the uh, tag titles that uh, that FTR ROH has, titles. right? Yeah, the ROH ones. Okay, all right. Yeah, I did catch that. Yeah, but wasn't really interested. Okay. I thought the... I, obviously it just slipped my mind. <laughs> the weirdest part to me was that in this essence, they showed that in NJPW. They'd rather come after the ROH titles than the AEW titles. Because they right. had a long-standing relationship for years. With and that's what I'm confused about. Is like, yeah, with ROH. The titles, are they really counting here in AEW? Well, I mean, no one knows. That's true. Nobody knows. That's Nobody true. Knows. But if you're trying to build the, the forbidden door is AEW versus NJPW, and you're trying to build the AEWs, the number two or the number one or the biggest company and the place to be – then why do you have people internationally coming over and saying we want 
the Ring of Honor championships. You're like, oh, the one that doesn't have a TV show? The one that we bought out? The one that went out of business? Like, why aren't they attacking the AEW Tag Team Champions is my point, is that inadvertently, and I'm not saying they shouldn't have done this, but inadvertently it does put a, a... it does undermine their own tag team championships. You know no. what I mean? And yeah, no. I think they need to be careful with that. You can get away with it from time to time, but they got to be careful. And the next people who show over have got to go after the AEW titles. You know what I mean? What I think that is probably my opinion with this is Japanese New Japan fans know mm-hmm. of Ring of Honor because of yes. all the years they were doing like Global Wars and yep. this, that, and the other. Um, so it's already a like known entity. Mm-hmm. So I think that with them, um, that's their way of getting Japanese fans kind of integrated into yeah. AEW. That's not Kenny Omega. You know what yes. I mean? So I yeah, I'm just saying so they got to be careful with it. Yeah, but but in this in a way too with Jeff Cobb. In the history of Jeff Cobb with Ring of Honor, he was television champion. He was a great television champion. Um, and he became a huge fan favorite over at Ring of Honor. So I'm not surprised yeah. that those people who are like heavy, like Ring of Honor people are like, oh my God, Cobb's back. And he's going to, you yes. know, they're, they're going to involve him somehow in Ring of Honor, which I think is, you know, outstanding. So I think that that's what you're what you're seeing right there, but then also when you look at it too, is they also I think use FTR as kind of like the olive extending the hand of friendship and an olive yes. branch. So again, makes total makes total total sense because I have a feeling that next time they do World Tag League, I think is what it's called, or I mm-hmm. may be mixing it with Noah, but um, you're going to see FTR in that. I guarantee it. Absolutely. Yeah. And that makes sense. But as as they, they do have viewers who don't watch Ring of Honor and don't watch NJPW. So I am saying mm-hmm. to those viewers, they're watching people come all the way from Japan to go after the Ring of Honor champions. And it makes it seem like, so the AEW tech team champions aren't as important. And all yeah. I'm saying is that they just got to be careful with it. You can get away with it from time to time for sure. At some point, people have to be coming across the seas to go after your shit, not just mm-hmm. the shit you bought from someone else. You know what I mean? And also, too, the average AEW fan doesn't really know about New Japan as much as, you know, whatever. And I think that they're like, oh, yeah, they're coming over at the Freeman North. No, it, it's one of those things where a lot of people, I think, in fandom like to be an expert on things. And there are quite yeah. a few people in the AEW fandom who do. But I'm like, you need to do your homework with this because if you know anything or whatever, you really should understand all of the ties with this. Yeah, and there's if, a lot to it. Yeah, there is a lot to it. And I think yeah. that it's fantastic in a way, but it also puts Tony in the spot of what are you going to do with Ring of Honor? Yes. Because there's a lot of people who are questioning oh, you're just going to use it as developmental, and then you say you don't have plans to do anything at that one media scrim, and, you know, he's got to yep. tread very lightly with this. And especially, yeah, and especially if you're kind of now bringing people in who were 
a pretty big part of that. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you for think sure. he does? Hmm? What? what do you think he does? What do you think he does with um, Ring of Honor and now well, with um, New Japan? Well, New Japan, he, he'll never, he'll never get to buy that. Never, never. Um, now, if Harold was Tokyo still around, first. maybe Harold would have considered that, but you know, whatever. Um, but I think with Tony right now, he obviously bought Ring of Honor for selfish reasons because of the tape collection. Yeah. Uh, that library is just massive. And I think that with Tony, you know, he's so, sometimes he's very predictable, but it's when he's unpredictable, it's scary. So I know he's probably now has had like four, five, six different, you know, ways he's told, this is what I'm going to do with Ring of Honor. But to be quite honest, I don't think he has a damn clue. I don't think he has a plan. I think his. I think I agree with you that his his whole point was to get the tape library, and now he has the tape library and all this other stuff, and everyone's asking about everything except the tape library. And in his mind was, what about the tape library? Why aren't you guys asking where that's going to be? And they're yeah. all like, no, 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 we get that. That's going to be a part of a thing. Like that's that that tells its own story. What's going to happen with the whole product and its legacy and everything like that? I don't think he's had that figured out. I think that he's, I think he's towing the line uh, in those conversations when he can. Uh, but let's yeah. keep moving a little bit. Jungle Boy, Strickland, FTW champion, absolute, Ricky Starks, Starky baby. What it, We can start. Who wants to start with what they thought of this match? I thought it was a good match. Oh, Clump said thought... yes. <laughs> Go Clump. I'll jump in. I thought it was a good match. I thought, uh, I mean, these are three fantastic workers. Yeah. They did the work. I loved what Ricky was doing, like, playing the, the shitty heel the whole way through. I was like, this is great. You um, saw him yell at the fan? Yeah. Oh, I did. I yeah. was so pissed that they cut away to that, from that, because for me, I'm a, I don't know, I know the dude. And when the dude's really pissed, that was not a work. That was real shit. Because I heard the, the fan, oh, you missed. And then yep. I'm like, oh, fuck, you're not gonna mm. yeah that's not one person that was one they're lucky they're in a big venue and in a in a national tv setting because if that was in an indie show ricky said some fighting words like that'd have been a fight yeah because yeah. because ricky messed up the fan pointed it out and then ricky calls him a punk ass bitch i know people who have thrown a lot more fists for a lot less words like i was like oh well <laughs> been like the dude wailing on that one guy that's what know, i'm saying you know, it would have been messy if it wasn't AEW. So I'm, I was actually happy with how that played out. But let's go back. Yeah. Clump, Clump, continue. No, I thought it was a great match. I mean, everyone in it did good. I loved, uh, I loved how Swerve and Jungle Boy started out. Like, you know, mm-hmm. clearly the two faces, and then everyone it became a war of taking advantage. I thought all three, especially like, I thought Swerve was the glue here. Um, yeah, like to two very different styles because Jungle Boy was doing high flying and Ricky's to me always comes up as much more grounded like he's a mm-hmm. kind of old school style but Swerve made both work really well together and to me he was the highlight of the, he was the star of it the way he you know he would uh, yeah. I, at one point where they just bounced ju- uh, Jungle Boy between them like no nah, you're not doing this to me you're going to do Hurricane Run on 
on uh, Stark, and it fucking looked beautiful. Um, this to me was uh, one of the best AEW matches I've seen in a long time, even though it was really qu- it was fairly quick, and it was a really good uh, triple threat because triple threats to me, you know, they they border like either either good, but they usually tend to be like, okay, we're we're going to be a train wreck. It's going to be a lot of shit because we can. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was good. And it wasn't one where, okay. like, it, you know, there was a lot of points of somebody resting, but it worked in this. It wasn't like uh, – it was it was balanced really well. So I was a huge fan of it. I'll say that the only critique I had was there were times and moments. <laughs> I wouldn't say the match on whole. But there were times and moments I felt like they were doing too much too fast and they weren't selling enough. There was definitely moments where I felt like this is pretty indie-rific, right? This is – how cool would it be if we accomplished this thing physically much the same as like on a video game or in a stunt film and not how believable is this move to pull off and why would I actually do it psychology-wise? But with that in mind, a few moments of that surrounded by three of my absolute favorites in general doing what they do, it was easy to forgive and just be along for the ride and it was, I thought, an awesome match Especially for AEW. This is exactly the kind of match I don't think you would get in WWE. And I think this is exactly the kind of reason an AEW needs to and should exist. Is to have the talent like this to be able to pull off something like this on a platform like this. Like this to me was like perfect AEW wrestling. With perfect people who know how to do that. Not to mention that you have uh, uh, Swerve. Who's as WWE trained can do it on the WWE way, but doesn't have to. Ricky Starks, he's WWE trained, believe it or not. He's never been through their system, but he's trained with all those people. He knows exactly how to do it the way they do it, and he works with them. Who do you think got Undertaker ready to come back for Roman Reigns? Guys like Ricky. We know this. Like, Ricky knows how to work those styles too. So to have Ricky be that balance between the two, because Jungle Boy's strictly indie. Swerve, indie superstar to WWE, and you got Ricky, who's just as fluid there. This was a really cool pairing, I thought, that they put together there. Let's hear from 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 Shakes and then Amanda, because I think we have a feeling where Amanda's going to go with it. Shakes, what do you think of this match? Oh, you know I love this match, man. I love Swerve, man. Um, I love everything that he, he does off on oh, outside the ring, inside the ring. Inside the ring, you you wouldn't think that he would do some of the things that he does. Yeah. And when he does it, you're like, oh, wow. Like, this kid is really athletic and really, like, like he has so much layers to him. So to actually see him have a great match, I was happy to see that. But yeah. for him to actually win it, I was like, okay. That was right yeah. in there. Right? Like, we in there now. And then I also liked um, the ending where they had the big men fighting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was like, okay. All right. Now, it wasn't so entertaining like the, the match was, but to see the big guys actually go at it, I was like, okay. I can see what they're doing here with the tag team um, division thing. So Yeah. I actually took notice in this one of Swerve's entrance more than usual. Like his music, that's one of his songs, isn't it? Do we know? I think it's one of his. Mm-hmm. Swerve, he came out like Swerve he was totally just 
vibing. Like it reminded me a little bit of like Lee Moriarty, how he comes out with the headphones on because he's like listening to his music, getting in the mindset. Where with Swerve, his music was over the whole thing, and it felt like he was just fucking rocking out on the way to the, the ring. Well, and I was like, this is kind of fucking cool. Like he's chilling. Well, in the entrance when he was using Shaka Khan, that's how yeah. he came out too. You know, it was like he was in that fucking zone, and yeah. like that's like where he's getting I there think... with he's getting in that zone with the music. Yeah, yeah, uh-huh. exactly. And I you know, know, and it kind of was one of those things where it really, it really matches. Yeah. Hit row, yeah. sorry. I mean, it's there's it's nothing compared like the, those entries, nothing compared to like a true swerve entrance. Mm-hmm. What do you think of the the match, Amanda? Well. Garbage. Oh yeah, it was terrible. Worth <laughs> of the night. Oh my god. I think I enjoyed still talking more so. <laughs> um, <laughs> these are three people that I have watched for quite a long time. I love all three of them, and I'm like, this is the kind of match that AEW should be putting on. Yeah. Because this is the spirit of what they were trying to do. Yeah. And I think that that for me right there was like, okay, yeah, this is what? Not because, you know, these people, I really like them and they're some of my favorite, you know, people wrestling right now. But in the sense of that was like a PWG quality match. You've got two people there who wrestled at PWG. One, obviously, no. But that's that kind of style that you see where it's that blend of kind of everything. So, you know, I already knew just seeing the booking. And, of course, the FOMO again. Yeah. I cried a little bit because I'm like, I should be there, fifth row. But I also said to myself, you know what? You wouldn't have seen shit because I was on the side, on the mm-hmm. entrance ramp. Like, when you're look going, when you're coming down, I was on the left side. But I was mm-hmm. on the other aisle. But anyways, um. I think that you have people who the timing was really great. Yeah, I do agree that, you know, there were some moments, like, oh, uh, but it really highlighted everything that each of them do good, great. And that's what makes them what they are. And I think that um, if anybody had all of those facials and that kind of weird emotion is always Ricky because mm-hmm. that's what he's damn fucking good at. You know, mm-hmm. even when you're cussing out of, you know, you're going to take it out on a fan. I mean, you know, that's some, that's some shit, you know. And I think that that particular match, what I love to see it again, absolutely, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that Swerve, yeah, Swerve deserved to get that pin yeah. because he was that MVP. He was the goddamn Tom Brady of that mm-hmm. whole match the way it just kind of flowed. And what's interesting is, and if, you know, you ever want to see, and I think we've talked about this on episode one, um, and Marsh could agree with me that I think one thing to really point out that Swerve does, can do, I don't want to say almost anything, but he mixes up his styles is Mm -hmm. when you see uh, Swerve versus Ricky at Inspire Pro. Yeah. Beautiful match. So I encourage people go on YouTube, it's there, um, to see it, because it's amazing to me. And Ricky's another one who, you know, he can work with the high flyers. He's not going to fly high. Why? Because he's got a big old booty. 
and that mm. drowns you. Yeah, that booty so, will sink you to the bottom of the ocean. Yeah, booty will sink you to the bottom of the ocean. Yeah, uh, and you know, but yeah, I think that it overall was excellent. Did I like that ending when people came out? Yeah, because you're introducing these big guys. But the one thing that really stood out to me, and it wasn't the guys, it was Jr. Mm-hmm. He loves himself some goddamn powerhouse Hobbs. Yes, he does. I swear to God. Yeah, he, he I mean, he puts him over so, yeah. so well. And it's not, like, at first I thought, oh, maybe he's just, you know, whatever, he's being fake. No, it is very mm-hmm. genuine. Because you can tell when JR is being fake about things. But this is this genuine kind of kind of love. And I think mm-hmm. that that's where, with Will, that's where, you know, he's going to go places. Because a yeah. lot of people have that same feeling. And I just thought it was great that JR, you know, was really, you know, hyping him up and, you know, and whatnot. And it was, it was great to see that because he's not not saying anyone. No, I'm not saying anybody should, but if you went back and watched every single segment Hobbs has ever been on, JR is gushing over him. Oh yeah. Talking about his, his background. When, when Hobbs was a baby face, JR loved talking about uh, how he like shielded, what was his, his girlfriend or his kid or his brother or something like that. His brother. All that mm-hmm. stuff because he was just like this dude is a real life superhero, and I mean some of these guys are real life superheroes. And I mean the first word that comes to mind, and I don't mean it to sound the way it's about to sound, but like Mark Henry is one of those real life superheroes where like you watch his life story and you go, God damn, this dude like when I met Mark Henry, I got choked up just being around him, just like being in his presence. I was just like, dude, like they did yeah. that special on you not that long ago. I was like, I watched it. And I just you forget. That you are who you are, and you came from where you came from, and and I think that that uh, Jr. sees that same kind of story in a guy like Hobbs, not not racially speaking, but just like that good of a person speaking. You know what I mean? Like there's, I think there's few people who have that kind of heart that just you get near them and you just feel that almost that their heart more than you feel anything else. And I think that, that he's in that same ballpark with very few, you know, and I think that's why Jr. like gushes over him the way he does. Yeah. No, a lot of them do like Mark Henry, another person who, who kind of gushes on big show. Um, mm-hmm. you know, a lot Foley. of people really fully, mm-hmm. a lot of people do. And I can attest and say that, yeah, Will has got a fucking heart of gold. Mm-hmm. He does. He's a very amazing person, and I couldn't be any prouder of him, you know, than I am. Because it just, every time I see him, I'm like, damn. Because I knew back then, and people used to tell me, I don't know why you like him or invested. And I'm like, he's got it. He just needs a little fine-tuning. During the segment, I thought to myself, why isn't he in the Wardlow spot? Just because something about him just seems so old. Well, you know what I think it is? It's because... You know, it's the MJF thing. And also, too, with Tony, I think that Tony doesn't see with what he's got blinders on with Tony. Mm. And he doesn't see that people like a Hobbs are, you know, that's money. That is fucking money. He doesn't understand that. Mm. You know, as much as you want to shell money to all these other people, no, dude. You want to invest in people like this because that's your future. Yeah. Because when um, Danielson gets too old, who's mm. going to be? 
And I'm sure like Mox at some certain at some point is not gonna want to keep doing this shit. Yeah. That way. Get him there. You know? And you've got people like Guevara who have a, a very short, you know, mm. lifespan as a wrestler because of what yeah. he does. So That's I think true. that Tony needs to learn that and yeah. see that in people. And I really wish a lot of the times a lot of these agents and people who, you know, are kind of developing all this stuff in the back because there's a lot of great names back there, why they don't steer him in that mm-hmm. direction. Yeah, and I think I mean, that's what JR's trying to do with his commentary because I feel like JR on commentary more more than anything is talking to Tony. You know what I mean? Because so many times when he's burying stuff, it's because he's like, Tony, don't you see that this is ridiculous? Is what it mm-hmm. sounds like to me. And when he's putting over a guy like Hobbs, and he's like, Tony, don't you see what's here? Like, I feel like that JR oftentimes is talking to Tony, and that's what makes me laugh about it because you can, when he's like digging on shit, I'm just giggling because you're like, he's trying to tell Tony to fucking knock it off, and he doesn't know yeah. how to do it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I do want to ask a question about this, though. The final segment with the three behemoths in there, it made me wonder, and I wanted to pose the question to the group, y'all. Do we have too many, what I like to call them, the two stupid dogs tag teams? One giant guy, one tiny guy. It usually feels special when you have one or two of those. But they just put together a triple threat where you definitely have that. And I'm starting to wonder, are we getting too much of that? Not enough bookends? Because remember we talked about that last week where they have bookend tag teams where it's two dudes who look the same like Legion of Doom. uh, Or even Private Party are bookend tag teams. Like... Do we not have? Do we are we leaning more towards the giant guy, little guy uh, scene? And is there room for that? I don't know. I'll go to I'll go to Clump first. Have heard from Clump in a minute. I think I don't know if we got too many, but I think they did this because of that. Like they okay. put them all together because these are three very similar. Uh, you know. The, the David Goliath teams, and it works out that way. So it's interesting to see who's the best of the best in a kind of a small way like that. Um, I don't think we have too many of them. Okay. Because I think it's fair. they also are very different in how they structure themselves. Um, I, if I, if I had to say a negative on it is it speaks to, do we have too many teams where we have one stand out and one just hanging out there and it feels like the big guys are the kind of hanging out in the sides mm. you know like Hobbs I feel is fantastic but we need to see more of him I think he's been put to the side and like he needs to be more present I think we need mm. more of these guys on the mic but I don't like Keith Lee's good on the mic um, but he's nothing compared to Swerve yeah. um, Hobbs is good on the mic but you got him with Starks. Yeah. Um, John, our Luchasaurus, I think, is pretty piss poor on the mic because all he does is, like, jokes about being having a master's degree. Well, now he doesn't do that. He's back to being and grunting. Yeah, he ah, just grunts now. Ah, it's even worse. It's worse than you thought. Like a true master's degree holder. <laughs> <laughs> I do like that you call them David and Goliath teams because I call them two stupid dog teams, and yours is probably much nicer. Uh, <laughs> Shakes, what do you think? Do we have too many, or is it just that this particular program is highlighting it, and we'll go back to business as usual afterwards? Um, I don't know. It, it does get into a place where you have it oversaturated. And so you sometimes, you know, when it works, 
you don't want to do it over and over and over again. Right. Like, it yeah. gets repetitive, and then you're like, okay, I, I, I'm saying the same thing over and over. You know what I mean? It's not it comes special. With insanity. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's like, uh, yeah. you know, I can't expect a different result, you know? <laughs> right? Yeah. So, um, yeah, it, it's getting to that point. I don't think it's there yet. Okay. But, yeah, it is getting to a point where maybe y'all are riding this wave a little bit too much. And, and, and I think that's kind of the thing with AEW is, like, they don't go away from what they think that works. Mm. They're like, oh, y'all like that? Okay, well, we'll give you five of them. You know? <laughs> oh, oh, you like that? <laughs> okay, we'll take ten of that. Like, <laughs> come on, man. I mean, that's also so evident in MJF's no booking, right? He goes, oh, you like that MGF story? We'll run it back yep. again with somebody else. Oh, you like the yep. way that we did it that time? We'll do the next mm-hmm. one. will be just the same two again. Like, yeah. Exactly. Yep. That's true. Uh, well, let's keep moving. Let's keep moving a little bit. Uh, I think I think we said we were going to stay on that. Thunder Rosa's promo. I want to get you guys Wait, to take on, on this. Hold on. What? I want to comment on this. Go ahead. I think that with our uh, master's degree dinosaur, mm-hmm. that this is going to be his swan song. Because... Anybody, so if anybody was really looking at that match, Jungle Boy does not need a green no. side. He needs yeah. to spread his wings and be on his own. Yeah, that's my opinion with it. Um, uh, Werve and Keith Lee, very strange tag team. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. There's something about it that I just am like, it's a, it, it's a little awkward in its own way. Mm-hmm. Because I feel that Keith Lee still is not in his in that shape he was pre WWE. Yeah, you know he seems yeah. gassed all the time and whatnot. And I think it's time for uh, Ricky to depart and let Hobbs do his thing and give him that FTW belt. Let Ricky go and do his own thing. Yeah, because it's I can time see for all that. time. It really is. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Done. Off my. What do you think box. about Thunder Rosa? Amanda. I love her. That was a great promo for her. Like, she was like, this is Mel. Yeah. And I was just like, damn, she went there with it. You know, this is why, you know, she didn't have the face paint on and everything. And I thought that that was, you know, that was very ballsy of her, which I mm-hmm. loved that fact that she was like, this is the real me, bitch. You know, I have nothing to hide or anything. And I think that, you know, you got to respect someone like that. And especially because she, I think when she became champion, it's like, yeah, so what? And I think she's Mm -hmm. also feeling that kind of, um, in a way, that kind of feeling of man, you know, like I'm less than I was less than I'm less than what Britt was, you know, even Sheeta to a certain point. Yeah. And I think, I think it's just, you know, it's her way of gaining her respect. And I think mm. that she's not only just, you know, trying to teach, you know, Serena a lesson in respect, but I think she's also trying to say to Tony and everybody else, you know, you need to respect yeah. me. You need to respect this. You need to respect what I bring in. And I'm sorry, like when you have a woman who's running her own goddamn promotion with majority women, yeah, you want to kind of listen to her. 
you know. Yeah, for sure. Clump, what did you think of Thunder Rosa's promo here? That's cool. I, I liked the I, – I mean, she can't do a bad promo. I liked how she, you know, didn't have the makeup on and just called it out. Um, I thought she did really good here. Um, I think – I think we've needed to see more of her because I think Serena Deeb's been has gotten the spotlight on her, but I, I mean, I feel bad in that Thunder Rosa, like in the ring, Serena Deeb's fantastic. I don't think she's got it on the mic. Mm-hmm. But I like this, and I, I mean, it just made me kind of feel like very aware of last week's promo. Right, right. She's and also, I almost... Go yeah, ahead. I was going to say, she's also engaged to someone who's a very good talker. So that's why it kind of shocks me that that person didn't get oh. appointed. I mean, there could have also been a, a lot of uh, factors that could have impacted the idea of Serena's uh, timing and, and such with that as well. But uh, outside of that potential, um, what I felt like with Thunder Rosa's promo here is that I felt like it was like one of the first times since she's been champion we've got to hear from her. I feel like that every time that she's gone, gone out there – there's some weird angle to it. Someone's got to interrupt it. She's got to then respond to what someone said last week. And this felt like a real kind of like step away and a step back and saying like, like you said, this is Mel. This is what I look like. This is what it looks like to be a champion. Huh. To, uh, on on the pay-per-view, you're going to see what it looks like to be a fighter. But today you're seeing what it looks like to be a champion, somebody who's working hard day in, day out on every single facet, whether you see it or not. Because in this company, more often it's what you're not seeing than it is what you are seeing. For her to do that stripped down look and really point it out and and give credence to it and say, I am also a fighter. But when I put on the war paint, like, don't get in my way. Like, I loved it because I also thought that you could have easily have gotten to a point where it was one of those like dual personalities. This is my alter ego. You could always go that way. And I thought this is a perfect balance of not doing that. Like, Hey, that's my war paint of Thunder Rosa, but just know your champion is also Mel. And I do a lot. You know what I mean? I thought it was, I thought it was awesome and perfectly done there. The only thing I thought was, was dumb was they started playing your music early. You could see her be like, the fuck I'm not. Like, <laughs> Yeah. And I was all like, come it's on, awesome. someone's cues are off or they're just running her off. Right. I didn't like that. Wrap that shit up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Shakes, oh, right. what did you think of it? Yeah. I was going to say the other thing I didn't like was when she came out, because I the first thing I saw was the red hat. I'm like, oh, my God, where in the world is Carmen San Diego? Well, and yeah. I was and like, of oh. course, and JR was, like, oh, was oh, on top of it. Yeah, JR then, was like, great hat. <laughs> I'm like, wow. Okay, but then when I saw her outfit, I was like, "It's not Carmen San Diego." I get it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Shakes, well, what do you think of Thunder Rosa here? All right. So, some of what you said, you know, as a champion, you kind of say, "Okay, who the hell is Thunder Rosa now?" Right? Like, who yeah. is she? Who is she? And I think we got a glimpse of who she is. Yeah. In this promo. And the thing about it, what I would say is, like, when she started off, she started off in a, you know, she's, like, um, trying to find what she's about to say because mm-hmm. you can tell she's so excited because, like, they, they must have just gave her the green light to just just go. Just just, just go. 
right? And so she was so excited, and she was trying to really find what she wanted to say. But once she got it, she was going. And, and I don't know if y'all ever been with uh, around a lot of Latinos. I'm from New York, okay? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm from New York. I've been around a lot of them. And once they get going, it ain't no stopping them. It's like, you like, okay, 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 calm down. And there's another thing. It's another, you know, so, and that's exactly how it seemed like she was. She was in that Latina mode. And, um, you know, uh, just like she said, the, the music came on and she was just like, fuck the music. I don't give a goddamn. I'll talk over the music. Like, <laughs> that's Oakland yeah. in her. That's yeah. Oakland in her, okay? Yeah. Oakland. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, Marsh and I will just very politely say we are familiar. And yep. We are familiar <laughs> with the heat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I loved it. I thought it was great uh, and an awesome, like you said, glimpse. <laughs> into who who she is is and not just who she's portraying like we talked about even before with some of the previous stuff i I thought it was awesome um and i want to see that momentum kept right because everything you just said about even critiquing her as a champion so far in the run is all about how she's allowed to be presented and the time she's allowed to be given and and she's one of those ones where you can just tell by the output that She's thinking about this all day, every day, until she's got that that minute, that two minutes. Those two minutes that she had on TV that day, she's been thinking about for probably two, three weeks, every day. You know what I mean? Like, you can tell she's got that. And so uh, uh, you just want more of that. You know what I mean? So hopefully, on the other side of this, I'm really excited to see what's next. This is what we get, you know? So uh, there's only two little spots left, I think, in the show. Oh, did you? What do you guys think of the Hardys promo? The Hardy Boys talking about uh, about the Young Bucks. Why are you still calling them boys? I all right. Let me go. All right. Yeah. So I like it, right? But I think they could have done more with it. Yeah. But just the fact that they hit the mark of y'all are the fans mm. y'all are you, you know yeah we are y'all idols y'all looked up to us and even though we in our mid-40s we still y'all idols and we can still kick y'all ass right yeah. and that's all i got from that and it was like oh man of course you know the hardy boys are always gonna do great poems especially matt hardy but um just the fact that they pointed that that out and then actually pointed it out well y'all want to be us and there is similarities but y'all are not us at all yeah and so it to me it juiced up that little rivalry yeah. and i want to see how the young bucks actually um retaliate yeah on the mic not just mm-hmm. in the ring but on the mic against that because a lot of times all we see is the young bucks you know being silly or you know, they're not really being serious, but how are you going to respond that your idols basically just disrespected you? Yeah. I also like that they said that you wouldn't have survived in the business when we got in the business. I like I like those little like little side comments like that, too. But um, anything to add on that? Or are you guys ready to move to the next thing? I just like to say that this whole storyline and pretty mm-hmm. much the promo, they did it at Ring of Honor. Yeah. And like 
Yeah. You should have brought something new to it. Recycled, huh? In a, yeah. Totally recycled. And I think that, um, I mean, it's great they're doing it again. But, you know, that was because what they did, that was a once in a lifetime kind of thing. They wanted that. And yeah. if I believe there was, I can't remember, it wasn't, it was on BTE when they filmed the episode after it is they were backstage with them and they're like oh my the bucks were just very humble like thank you so much like you know it was what it was everything that they had like dreamed of pretty much and i think that you know with the bucks it was interesting because ring of honor used to film those little i don't want to call them vignettes but these little almost interview segments so it was kind of that back and forth rebuttal are we going to get it maybe we'll get it on friday um mm -hmm. what's going to be said i'm hoping it's not some stupid jokey jokey shit that's what i'm hoping so fingers crossed but it's going to be a great match because i was there live for that match in um orlando um and it it blew me away and i'm not a big you know hardy's person myself yeah. i just yeah. like, wow, this is great because you've got two of some of the best tag teams who do kind of this kind of stuff and it was it was great because they had the ladders match so mm. mm -hmm. acrobatic mm -hmm. yeah absolutely absolutely um yeah i i don't really have a lot to add on that just just given that it kind of was what it was and like you said it felt a little rehash but at the same time like it's cool they're doing it well i guess we'll see how it plays out on the on the actual stage of it all play it out on a larger yeah. scale yeah yeah, and that could be fun. My only concern being that I think the Hardys that we've been seeing this past year or so has not been the Hardys we saw back in Orlando back then. So uh, it, it does raise those questions. Um, I do think Clump's got to bow out, and we have two other matches we're going to talk about real quick. Uh, just the Tony Britt and the, the Adam Cole, Samoa Joe, Kyle O'Reilly little thing there. Uh, Clump, anything you had to say about those? Are you, you ready to bow out? I'm ready to bow out, guys. You guys have a good night. It was a pleasure hanging out with y'all. Enjoy the night. Cheers, my dude. Right. Have a good See night. Uh, he usually has family obligations. So, uh, Tony Storm versus Britt Baker. That pissed me off. I mean, we said last week it was going to Britt Baker, and it was a shame, right? Yep. Episode Does one. It was it also me? Was I the only one who watched this and thought that this looked like a giant expose on Britt Baker? Like, she did not come off like she knew what she was doing the way that Tony comes off like she knows what she's doing. Tony basically sense? made her look like a piece of shit. I mean, like, like she is not at that level. Britt Baker. Right? Yeah, Tony... and I was like, fuck. And that's where I got mad because I'm like, Tony Khan is handing the keys to the kingdom to her. And it's like, well, why? She yeah. can't even go up against Tony and make it slightly believable. And I thought it was bullshit. Yeah. Uh, Shakes, did you did you kind of get the same impression out of that? Or, or are we being a little harsh? Well, I mean, no. I think y'all spot on. Um, they do push Britt Baker. And then... Um, I did see a significant talent shift yeah. between the two. And it made me really, you know, I think, um, I'm not sure which one of the commentators said it, but um, they were saying that Tony Storm has, 
been wrestling since she was like 13. Mm-hmm. So it's like, um, it was like, okay, when you put that that factor in, and then you see her dominating her, you like, oh, okay, now it makes a lot more sense because looking at it, and I didn't know that fact of Tony Storm, even though she went to WWE, I didn't know much of her because she didn't have that long of a stint for us to get a storyline from her. Yeah. So I didn't um really know too much of her. So to know that fact, I was like, oh okay you know like all right well it, it it solidified and legitimizes her as a true real wrestler like a um like a page right right has just been doing it since they've been kids so it, it's technical wise you know technically like with sure. fundamentals you're not going to be better than that type of person because they've been doing it for maybe even a decade longer than you. But on for your same argument, Paige beat AJ Lee on the first match in her debut for the title because it was undeniably different, right? And AJ Lee was fucking fantastic. But you right. but you also have Paige, right? So in this right. in this aspect, I think what it did is it highlighted not only Britt's weaknesses, but Tony's weaknesses in booking. You're willing to push people who are clearly not as good for your own personal thing and like yeah. when it's yeah, become yeah, see-through that's when people i think start kicking back and i think we're gonna get i think we're really close to people kicking back on brit like they've accepted her they as won't. their top star right now they and won't. i think that that when you have these matches against like a tony and they're not pushing tony i think you're gonna get a kickback the way that they kicked back against like roman and cena at the time you know you think it's possible amanda thinks that they're just gonna keep going with whatever tony says no, I, I think the fans definitely gonna start to see it because you can't yeah. really uh like fake the funk. You know, it's yeah. only so much you can do to fool a fan until a fan says, You know what? I see what the hell you doing here. Yeah. You know. And, and and I I think that um I I get it that you're like AEW, they they just gonna be minions, right? Like they just mm-hmm. gonna go whatever is going or whatever is being presented. But really, I have seen a lot of that happen in in a lot of situations where, just like WWE, they were being stubborn as hell to stop all this Papa Shango and all this shit until yeah. WCW came through and smacked their ass with the NWO and yeah. made them say, okay, you know what? DX it is, right? Yeah. So, <laughs> it, it, you know, sometimes you got to yeah. get smacked into reality. And I, mm-hmm. I think that that moment will come, even though mm-hmm. Tony Khan is kind of being a little stubborn with it. But, yeah, I yeah. think that moment will come. Mm-hmm. She, again, was one of those original people. And has she improved since? No. no. And it's like, I'm not ragging on her because I actually kind of like Britt Baker. But I don't like the fact that she's in the position that she's in because I don't think she's gotten the chops to be in that kind of position. Yeah. So I think that when you have someone like, because right now I'm like, Jamie Hayter should be doing a lot more than she's doing right now. And that's a disservice to her. But I'm thinking that also um, with Britt Baker, She's been totally shoved down everybody's throats 
that I don't think for a while most people aren't going to turn on her because this is what they know. This is what they were fed. And, you know, the typical AW fan, I think this doesn't, they don't, they won't see that. Mm -hmm. They're going to bitch about, oh, there's not enough women's wrestling, you know, but Mm -hmm. Baker, yeah, we love her. That's our queen before they'll even go about with the champ, because let's be real right now. After I saw that match, I'm like, give me fucking Thunder Rosa and goddamn Tony Storm. Yes. I want that. Like, bad. And, you know, and I'm, and I feel like with even people like Ruby Soho, I mean, Mm -hmm. she came in, I thought was going to be fantastic. No, no, because we're still riding on Britt Baker. But I'm like, that time, that, that, that ship sailed. And it sailed a long time ago. And I feel like that's almost the way with Nyla Rose too. Yeah, that shit failed. So I said it. I said it a long time ago when we first started yeah, watching. Uh, I think it was even episode one that that my biggest concern for Britt Baker was going to be that she is not around enough talent that can help raise her up another level. Mm-hmm. That they had too much, and I even said that like I know people were talking. There was a while where like, oh, will she ever go to AEW or WWE or NXT or any of that? And I remember saying that. If she wants to get better, she's going to have to leave AEW because AEW is not doing anything for her as far as making her better. And Tony's even said in his interviews recently that they don't train talent there. They want them to be trained when they get there, and that's why they bring in who they do. And they don't really work with the Nightmare Factory like they used to. And fuck, I mean, if it's I've seen people started to say that like she's she's bordering she's she's like a. a like a highlight reel of being stagnant, borderline on regression. Like not only she's not grown, but it's almost like she's gotten worse. Like there's a confidence to it that makes it sloppy, right? Like I was saying for a while, the reason that I think that she, because I said for a while that she may be the first one to go to WWE, was like because if she truly loves this and truly wants to be the best at it, she has to get in the ring with the types of wrestlers that are in WWE and that are just not in in AEW. And I think that at this point we're seeing this kind of stuff where you go. Yep, you had one person who was in WWE for a little bit there, came over and outshined you in a match that you won. And everyone said, why the fuck did you win? And that's not good from the person who's been their longest reigning champ and the person who they've anchored their entire division on. You want people to say, yeah, bring them up to Brit's level. But it's not the case. It's constantly Brit's on this higher level and nobody knows why. You know? Well, again, it all comes from the... The women, obviously, they were scouting to come meet to AEW eventually because yeah. it was becoming more and more real when yeah. um, All In was. Is you had Madison Rain, you had Britt Baker, Chelsea Green, and Tessa Blanchard. Now, yes. the two standouts of those were obviously Tessa because she's fucking amazing. Is what she keep her fucking mouth shut. So we could see her a little bit more. Um, and then uh, Chelsea Green. But Chelsea Green is just phenomenal. And I'm yeah. glad she's got some really great success out there right now with her, her man. Um, but like with Britt, Britt was the only one because, you know, obviously um, Chelsea Green got signed to go to, you know, the Performance Center. Um, Madison Rain. You know, she just was kind of like doing her thing. I mean, I think she 
went back to impact for a little bit. I don't know if she's still there, but she, that's where she ended up. And of course, everybody knows the history of Tessa Blanchard. So who was left? Yeah. Yep. It was great. Yeah. So. Yep. Yeah. Well, main event, Adam Cole, no, not Adam Cole, Kyle O'Reilly and Samoa Joe. Adam Cole comes out at the end to kind of do a stare down thing. By the time this, this match happened, I was only like half invested in it. Mm-hmm. It looked a lot to me objectively like Samoa Joe was standing in the middle of the ring. You know what it reminded me of? And this is going to, people are going to hate it. It reminded me of Yokozuna versus Bret Hart. Oh, I can see that. There was a lot of Samoa Joe not moving. He moved a lot early on and then got gassed and kind of stayed in the middle. And Kyle O'Reilly was working circles around him, feeding to him, running over towards him. There was a sequence, the whole like last five minutes of the match, Joe doesn't move like more than a foot away from where he's standing. And Kyle O'Reilly is just all over the fucking place. And it reminded me a lot of Yoko Brett. That's only because I'm obsessed with Brett and nothing else, right? But he was against a a largely immobile wrestler who was also still very skilled. So how do you feed to him so he doesn't get so gassed he doesn't want to do it? It reminded me of that. And that's what it felt like. And I was a little bummed that it looks like we're watching Samoa Joe become harder and harder to work with in that regard. Still, Samoa Joe looked great by the end of it. I think thanks to O'Reilly. He did choke out O'Reilly. We're going to get Adam Cole versus Samoa Joe. I think we're getting an Adam Cole win, and I really hope we don't. I hope it goes to Joe. But I don't know. That was my thoughts on the match. Uh, Shakes, what did you think about it? Um, I kind of just I knew that this was kind of going that route. Now, I know we were talking about Adam Cole and Riley being a championship. Yep. Yeah, I thought it was doing but that. But I, I, yeah, but I, I didn't see that. Samoa Joe seems like more of the route that they'll go, mm-hmm. you know, because, you know, legendary status and, you know, his stature in WWE plus his stature from TNA mm-hmm. impact um, from what he was doing there. So I can see them going that route and then also – obviously going Adam Cole because that's the young up and coming uh, guy that they just love to put on that pedestal. Yeah. I don't know if it's the Britt ba- Baker love too. I don't know yeah. what it is with this couple, man. Yeah. Like That's part of their that, signing that, bonus, I think. Yeah, man. Like, I don't <laughs> know what it is. It's like, yeah, you know, we'll put you to the top. Mm-hmm. And nobody else will be next to y'all. And I guess that's what it is. But, yeah, those two seem like the uh, match that they wanted to present, and that's fine. Mm -hmm. Now, what would you do with it, though? You know, because are you going to pass the mantle to Adam Cole and have Cole actually beat Joe? Or are you just going to say, no, Joe is too much of a legend to get beat, and we have to give this thing to Joe? I don't know which route they're going to give it. Do it. I think they're going to do the route of um, give it going toward Adam Cole because Joe technically has a belt. This is to win an opportunity for a belt. Mm-hmm. So this is where um, you're going to see Adam Cole do, you know. But yeah, it is to your to that though to piggyback off that. You would rather see a CM Punk Adam Cole, or would you rather see a CM Punk Samoa Joe? 
Oh, it's fucked up. That's good. Good question. Um, you know, the problem is that's a hard one, but I have a very strong spidey sense that Britt Baker is going to win the women's side. Mm-hmm. And we know how Tony likes these couplings. That's going to happen. And, you know, although it would be great Mojo and, and Punk world time's sake. Yeah. But I, I doubt. I honestly doubt. I'll say this. If Tony Khan wants to win, he does Samoa Joe. Because you even have Samoa Joe lose to CM Punk. Like, let's say CM Punk wins against Paige. And you have Samoa Joe win the Owen Hart. And he's the first challenger and he loses. You know, no skin off his back. You got the match that people have been saying they wanted since the moment they both were in there. If he's really stupid, he'll have Adam Cole win it. And then Adam Cole and Britt Baker are going to challenge for the mixed tag championships that Tay Conti and Sammy Guevara have from AAA. Right. <laughs> like, that would be that the worst like the Tony Khan thing to do <laughs> <laughs> it's not impossible but it is dumb he's know? not He's not a very smart man in all honesty so doing the right thing which is you know Joe Punk you know I mean yeah yeah it, it ain't gonna happen I don't I don't think it will um, especially because I really think sometimes I wonder with Adam Cole, is he is he really well liked, or do people just like to do the boom and Adam Cole baby? You know, I wonder. Singing lungs are over, dude. Man, mm-hmm. Joe and Punk could be such a great war, though. Yeah, no, that's the move. Once you said it, that's the move. That is the move. That is the move, and it also opens the forbidden door of mm-hmm. opportunity. See, the one I really want. Yeah, and if you're real smart, you do that on the first ever ROH pay-per-view. And you start doing an extra pay-per-view a year. You don't do just – you have four AEW, but now you do like two ROH. You do the first ever ROH pay-per-view and have it be your ROH TV champion against the AEW world champion on an ROH pay-per-view. Move those tickets, you know? Mm-hmm. If that was yeah. me. But otherwise, we could always do a triple-A title, mixed tag title against a couple-couple versus couple, because that's cute. See, why not? Oh, God, that's so annoying. <laughs> Fuck me. No, I don't know want to see that. Are no. you guys hyped for uh, Double or Nothing? Yeah, yeah. They got me. They got yeah. me. I'm juiced. Yes and no. Now, there's um, two separate questions. A, are you willing to pay to watch it? And B... <gasps> Are you willing to stream it but not pay? B. Always. B? Of course, yeah. yeah. Shakes, you got links? Because I can get you links if you need shakes. Yeah, we can give you links. I got links. You got Thank links? You. Okay. I'm, <laughs> I'm in there. I'm good. Yeah. We all know I'm not paying for this shit, you know? I don't know. There's no. only certain ones that beat matches that I will, I will pay. They haven't had them yet. But I'm excited in the fact that in my heart, I feel that the tag belts are going to go to Hobbs and Starks. And I will be one crying bitch if that happens. Because those are my guys. Um, and there'll probably be guns going off in EPA, East Palo Alto. So I think that's great. 
Um, shout out to the 650. Um, but yeah, no, I think that's going to be it. Bill winning just is going to piss me off. Um, she tagged him. Uh, that's Amanda, I just sent you a tweet. I think I need you to see immediately. Okay. Uh-oh. Shakes, I'm going to send it to you as well. Uh-oh. Sorry. Bye. Shakes, Montana, coming your way. And we're going to retweet it on our oh Wrestling my Rocks page. Oh, God. <laughs> Are you fucking kidding? Oh. Oh, okay. I- I'm going to wait till Shakes sees it. All right. Shakes, see it? I'm pissed off right now. You just, you just pissed off, man, Jane. Oh, I'm fucking pissed off. Me. Yeah, I, well, it, no, I, well, I sent a DM. I DM'd it to you. Okay, okay, cool. And then we just retweeted on Wrestling on the Rocks. This happens on live. It's on live. If you're listening to this on podcast, you can go to Wrestling on the Rocks WOTR the show on Twitter, and you'll see that we retweeted it. I screen grabbed it just in case it gets deleted because it might. Yep. Especially if I go in there. I'm probably going to get blocked for days. Yeah, Amanda's you know, looking I'll... for another block. She needs another I'm, No, block. no, not a block. No, I'll be put on punishment. I've never been put on punishment. Did you get it, Jake? Oh, wow. Yeah. You see what it says there? Yeah. Ran into <laughs> Keith Lee. Uh-huh. <laughs> That's the mojo. <laughs> it's a picture. Of Keith Lee and Jeff Cobb. Okay. First of all, Samoa Joe at all. I. It's <laughs> <laughs> like even if you like Samoa Joe, you know it doesn't look like him. Like doesn't even. No, okay, because this is where my thyroid's gonna go. Okay, and this is coming from someone who is also like part of the island tribe, Korean Hawaiian, mm-hmm. Ohana. Okay, why is it always some? And I, if I offend people, just know that I'm an equal opportunity offender, okay? Mm-hmm. And I think that I have the right to because I just do. So if you're offended, you can follow me. I don't give a fuck. But I'm offended because why has it always got to be white people who are so fucking stupid to think that a lot of these people who are islanders or part Asian, they're all the same. They are Honestly. not the same, okay? Sorry, that's Jeff fucking Cobb, okay? Oh, you see a big guy and, you know, tan? You think, oh, okay, that's Samoa Joe. No! Are you fucking but, I'm, like, bothered by this because, you know, I'm sorry. But as this is also Asian American Pacific Islander Heritage Month. And for you, this, this what is her name? Crystal Taffeta? All right, Crystal Taffeta, first of all, you need to go educate yourself about um, Asian races and Pacific Islanders and to know that, girl, there's a lot of difference. And that insults a lot of people who are Islanders. Like when people say, oh, call someone like with like Juicy Finale, which I'm rocking my Juicy shirt today. Um, oh, that's cool. She's rocking a juicy shirt. I'm Pacific juicy. Islander month of, of all months, yeah. she says. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Last few days of it. But when they had that tag team with him and MLW, with him, um, Jacob Fatu, and uh, is it 
Journey Fatu, I think, if I'm not mistaken, um, that they were called like the Samoan something. And I'm like, damn, he's not even Samoan. And Court Bauer kind of schooled me with it. But I'm like, but still, you know, if you were to tell mm. a Tongan, you know, oh, you know, you know, lump them in with Samoan, that's two different, two different distinct cultures mm. right there, you know. And I'm not saying everybody should know that. But it's like kind of saying like, you know, when I grew up, you Chinese or you Japanese, and they I, they would go all off the, off the grid until they're like, oh, you're Korean, oh, like maybe oh, you know, I see you enjoying yeah. our barbecue, you know. <laughs> so I just want to say, if you're gonna be stupid, good start. Do do not. Put it on social media, okay? Because it's gonna look like a jackass. Now I really damn wish I went to goddamn double or nothing to FOMO because this girl lives in Vegas. I would seek her out and be bitch. What the fuck is what? What are you thinking? I should take her, and then I would take the action. Yeah, and then I would take her to um, Hawaiian barbecue. Then we'd also go have Korean barbecue, and I'll teach her the culture. Not only just that too, but I'm like I would quiz her. Do you know what the difference is between the two? Uh, and I can tell her that, yeah, a lot of Hawaiian barbecue was is inspired by Korean barbecue because a lot of Koreans migrated over to Hawaii. That's how my family got here. So, just saying. So, thank you for letting me be political and on my soapbox. (laughs) And this girl is just dumb. So, anybody who... I'm going to ask my friend Terry, who's in Las Vegas, shout out to the uh, sign lady, um, if she knows who this chick is. Because, oh, Lord of mercy. I want to grill this bitch. Lord of mercy. Okay. Okay. And I could have gone worse off the deep end, but just know... That you know, I don't think ignorance is bliss. <laughs> I don't. I and if you're really in this, in this day and age, she's still on a tirade about it. Oh, yeah, God. it's on my tirade. In this day and age, you did this. That's okay. <laughs> no. But in this day and age, I know we celebrate diversity, and it's great <laughs> that we see people of all walks of life in wrestling. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But let's just remember that we're all not the same. No. But the one thing that does bind us in this game is professional wrestling, and we all have blood and emotions and feelings. It's true. It's true. Shakes, I don't wanna, we're not going to go on all night about NXT or anything, but you said you watched them in NXT this week, and I wanted to get your just your take specifically on what was some of your favorite stuff you saw this week. On I know you asked earlier what the hell is Diamond Mind, and I'll give you. I'm not really sure. It seems to be like a little discombobulated. Uh, but apart from that, like what are some of your favorite things you saw this week on NXT? Cause you haven't been watching it lately. Right. Right. And so, um, it was interesting. Cause I'm like, all right, you know, I told you my nephew been trying to get me into it. So I'm like, all right, boy, cut so it you watched on. it with your nephew. Yeah. And, um, first thing we got, uh, we got the mafia going against the uh, LAX over here, and I'm like, wait a minute, what, wait, what is this? What is going on? I'm yeah. like, wait, wait. I'm That's like, a great y'all, y'all, y'all know, 
That's a good point. Tony D right away, and he's like, oh, shit. What is I was into no. it already. Like, oh, okay, we got the mafia in here. All right. You know I love, you know, um, the stables and everything. So I was like, yeah. okay, I can get into this. All right. So, um, yeah, that was interesting. I was like, why are they fighting anyway? Like, what happened? What's the origin? I wanted to know the origin of why they was fighting. He couldn't even tell me. My nephew couldn't even tell me. He's like, they just don't like each other. I was like, well, why? Why don't they like each other? So it sort of boils down to to Tony D'Angelo beat Ciampa, and so he he called himself the Don of NXT once he beat Ciampa. And Legata Del Fantasma uh, was like, hey, we kind of run this joint. And Tony D'Angelo's are like, yeah, you did, but I'm the Don now. And that kind of just did the whole oh. thing. And they kind of like, I don't know. Like and then, so then it became like kind of like, a, you run your business, I'll run my business. We don't got to interact. And it's all like, okay, but just as long as you let everyone know that I'm superior. And it's like, well, we're not doing that. And then, yeah, it was a, it was a thing. Okay. I like it. And then um, what was interesting to me was – there was a lot of women's matches. Yes. So I don't know if they are um, they're trying to regain that magic that they had with the four horse women mm-hmm. and, you know, a new evolution of women. I don't know if that's the route that they're trying to go because they was really pushing the women's matches. I mean, it was like three back-to-back. Yeah. Women's yeah, they've been matches. really women like, forward. It's like, wow, that, that's pretty interesting. Uh, my hope is, is that the reason, I mean, because none of us know, right? But my hope is that the reason is that they're seeing how popular the women's wrestling is to their main product, and trying to fluff up that roster. They have very few women on the main roster, and I think they're trying to get enough women up there to where they can have realistically a women's tag division that is robust and meaningful. Whether or not that's actually what they're going for or not, it's impossible for us to know. We're just fans and we watch. But that's that's my hope is that that's what they're that's why they're leaning so so women heavy lately. Because there was a one show I think two weeks back where there wasn't a single match without a woman in it. That even the the match that had a man in it was a mixed match, uh, mixed tag match. Mm-hmm. So it still had women in it. Like there was right. absolutely no matches without women. It was it was fantastic. Okay, and then um. They had Wesley going against this Braun Strowman looking guy, man. Yes, yeah, like, Sangra. Sangra. Yeah. 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 And then I'm like, okay, well, he dominated the match. And I'm like, okay. He should have. All right. But then Wesley gets, uh, he gets attacked. And then he helps Wes. Like, I'm like, hold on. Wait, Wait so you missed. Last week, the setup. Yeah. So okay. the setup That's was that was Wesley, like, Wesley got his ass kicked in this other match. Uh, or no, after his match, he got his ass kicked by Zion Lee or, or I forget who it was. There was two people who jumped him. And um, it shows him backstage, and Sangra, Sangha is just standing back there, and he just goes like, yeah, you got to watch out for those guys, man. They're no good. And Wesley's like, you know, mind your own business, man. This isn't. This isn't a thing, and he's all like, "Dude, I'm just trying to help you. I'm just let you know, letting you know, like they're serious, man. Just leave them alone." And then Wesley is more or less all like, "Dude, I'll knock you the fuck out too. Like, you know, I I don't care if you're ten foot tall. You know, I'll, I'm not about I was this." Right? Why he was fighting him? I was like, "Why yeah. is he fighting him?" 
Yeah, but, and more okay. or less, Sangha was all like, "Watch your mouth." But I'll be, I'll be if you want to, if you want to fight, I'll give you one. But I don't think you should do this. And even Nathan Frazier, who was with him, was kind of like, "Dude, you shouldn't be picking a fight with him." And Wesley's like, "No, I have to prove that you don't have to be ten foot tall to be successful around here." And so, from Sangha's point of view, he was just about to have a, a friendly match with a guy he respects. And from Wesley's gotcha. point of view, he was trying to take down the monster to prove that you could. So when gotcha. he got jumped, Sangha was all like. It's not that I hate the dude, you know. I mean, he's just right. got what's coming to him, you know. I had to, yeah, I just had to make a point. Yeah. Like, yeah okay. Yeah. Yeah. And um, yeah, I was impressed by the big man. Yeah. Um, I just and Wesley on his own that, um, that promo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. His and, promo before you know, the match was wrestling. fire, dude. Mm-hmm. And his wrestling skills, I was I was impressed. And then um, the last well, the next probably the last thing I was impressed by was the mellow promo oh mm. yeah yeah that was pretty sweet man yeah have them go back and forth with each shout other out. that was pretty i was like okay shout out to trick happy birthday yeah. yep mm-hmm. yeah happy birthday to my grandmother i'm about to go ahead and spend some time with her on her birthday oh. but um yeah sure, sure, sure. yeah shout out to um but yeah, that's awesome, dude. Yeah, I was just wondering uh, what what you what were your big takeaways from it because there's been a lot going on and it's a little it's always interesting interesting to me when people step away from a while and come back to the shows and whatnot. Like Kevlar, even yesterday, he watched WrestleMania, WrestleMania Backlash, and then this week's Raw on SmackDown. So there was a whole lot of missing, and it's always interesting to me to see like where where are you gathering where we're at and how do we get here kind of stuff. And so the fact you haven't been watching NXT and you did. I just want to know your highlights, what your absolute favorite stuff was, because like you said, it's been really woman forward and I've been actually, I was really impressed by Mandy and Indy, but you might not have been all that impressed by it because you haven't been seeing Indy Hartwell been used like such a terrible jobber for so long that no, her I, on I her own. It. And then I, I have, you know, I haven't been watching so much, but I have kept up, you know, yeah. cause like I told you, my nephew, right? So I know she had the um, marriage uh, segment. Yeah. Yeah. that she was in and, and all of that it was definitely not taking her wrestling career seriously with just yeah. everything that she does outside of the ring so to see that match yeah um with mandy which was a great match I it was actually yeah. that match mm-hmm. i was not looking forward to it and by any stretch if i'm being honest and i'm i've been a big hartwell fan for a while but everything's from the way and after i was like this is trash i was like i don't know what we're gonna get here and i watched this match and i was all like Fuck yes. This is what we've been needing. And I was so happy for her, like, yeah. back on they've track. We've been needing like, to do that to Indy. So yeah. bad. So, so bad. Um, Tiffany being in the breakout, awesome. Alba Fire doing her thing, awesome. Oh, my God. That was a great thing, Alba Fire, I must yeah. say. Um, I, I was kind of, I'm like, wow, this is a great reintroduction. In yep. The yep. Uh, Roxanne Perez doing fucking hey, hey, killer. Watch. Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna go ahead and skate out and go ahead with my grandmother. But it was great being on here with y'all, and thanks again, Marsh. I will be here next week with you. Um, and Amanda, I will see you on Thursday, right? Thursday. Yep, yep, All right. yep. All right, y'all have a good night, y'all. Yep, absolutely, man. Cheers. Uh, Cheers to y'all too. But yeah, they threw uh, Tiffany Stratton into the breakout uh, uh, tournament. And she progressed with the final selection to be Tiffany versus Roxanne Perez, which I think is awesome. And that is going to be great. Yeah, I Both think of them. I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, win-win on that one, like absolutely. So, 
Yeah. Can right. I tell you, with Indy and Mandy, oh my God, I was just like, you know, I wasn't expecting a lot mm-hmm. with this. And then I kept thinking to myself, how are they going to make this jokey some yeah. way in, yeah. the, in the in the light of Indy? And they didn't. And that shocked yeah. me. And it was really, really good. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. but yeah. let's talk about that ending because that ending was pretty freaking phenomenal. Wendy Chu coming out, throwing all the, the hitting Mandy with the sack of balls. Mm-hmm. And then holding the belt. That's the champion we need. Here's the funny thing about Wendy's pranks is for whatever reason, they all just barely miss. Like she's always yeah. like the net falls off. The balls don't mm-hmm. fall out. Like the silly string misses. Like mm-hmm. she keeps doing all these little fucking gags. And for whatever reason, they just barely don't pan out. And it's really funny to me because like they're really yeah. trying to make it work. Yeah. And that's funny is I think that the time it does work. Mm-hmm. She's going to get the belt. I think, I think that's okay. kind of genius that way, and um, I'm just I'm I'm just I'm just here for the ride. I love her. Yeah. That's my spirit animal. You guys know. Yeah. I can't great. wait to cosplay her on the Jericho cruise next. Next, whatever, whenever it is. Yeah, I think February. But yeah, yeah. Oh, I don't. I don't remember. I don't know. No, it's Cinco de Mayo. I think. Oh, interesting. Well, I'm, yeah. I'm hoping they bring Cabana back because that's his birthday weekend. Mm. But anyways, cool. but yeah. I digress. But yeah, no, I did. Yeah. 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 She can do. Wendy Chu can do no wrong in my book. Yeah, she's doing great, and I liked her yeah. backstage segment too, where she was talking this shit. It was so mm-hmm. funny. Yeah. Yeah, she was like, "I really like the sound of my my sack of balls hitting Mandy in the face," and then <laughs> Katana was all like, "I don't know about that, but like." <laughs> Yeah, it was great. And I like the fact that you're coming around on Wendy Chu. Because yeah. I know you were just like, oh, no. No. See, that's where WWE does these comedy goofy things right. Yes. Not the relationship bullcrap, whatever yeah. the indie was in. This is this is how it's done with me. Yeah, I agree. Absolutely. All right. Well, it does look like, I think because it's technically midnight on the East Coast, I think it's effectively, officially Natalia Neidhart's birthday. (gasps) Happy birthday, Natty! So cheers to Natty Neidhart. I would say friend of the show, but, you know, she's not really a friend of the show. But she's amazing. One of our absolute faves. Uh, uh, So, yeah, cheers and happy birthday to Natalia Neidhart. Uh, I don't have anything else. Did Did you have anything else for her last call? Um... The only thing that um, maybe we can touch on it after you and I maybe sidebar on this and have a little discussion about Joey Janela and the interesting couple. Well, couple of you days. know, we could do that if you want. We could end the show and talk, or we could talk about Joey to to close out the show because I mean that is something that would definitely be a, a you and me conversation. That I don't think the clumper shakes would have anything to say about. Yeah. Uh, he did set himself on fire. Uh, it looked like he had no consideration on how to not be on fire, which I think was the weirdest part to me is that like he went to go super kick the guy and then it was all like, well, shit, now my foot's on fire. And then the refs and everyone were looking around like, well, what are we supposed to do? And I was all like, he didn't have a plan. He didn't have like a wet towel in the corner. He didn't have like a bunch of water bottles somewhere. He didn't have like a bucket of ice. Yeah. 
You know what I mean? So, like, someone, a fan threw a water bottle into the ring, and the ref grabbed it and tried to put his foot out. But, like, to me, that was the biggest weird part was all, like, you didn't have a next step? Like. Yeah. But it was kind of wild to watch. What did you think of it? Outlaw Mud Show Wrestling. Yeah. Right? Gotta love it. <laughs> Gotta love it. Um, But I guess at that same show is that incident that one wrestler was basically who came out about um, you know Joey being insensitive to people yeah I think it was around that same that same thing yeah that that one guy yeah my my comment is part of it is I I feel that um, this is a guy a lower level indie guy who got an opportunity to you know make himself internet famous Mm. um i know the guy says he has he's autistic and he's you know got mental health issues first of all you know it mental health is not joke and Mm. i know joey janelle would not joke about mental health especially because he's known a lot of people who you know diehards who've had you know, some of these wrestlers who've had a lot of serious demons, yeah. and, you know, with mental health. And not only that, too, but, like, his fucking biggest fan, um, my friend, um, my friend uh, John, you know, he really attached himself to Janella, And Janella was one that really kind of got him out of his, like, mental health funk. And mm-hmm. Joey knows it. And, you know, and I, th- I think that, you know, people kind of take it the wrong way and things like that because you know i mean he's he jokes around a lot you know and i don't i don't want to say that people are too sensitive but sometimes i think because this is all again cancel culture if people see an opportunity to bury someone they will and i don't think that's quite right so for me, that's why if you see my Twitter, you know, I stand, you know, behind, you know, Joey and future Joey. And, you know, because it's one of those things where, you know, it's not, if anything, it probably wasn't meant as, you know, like a dig. Yeah. Because, you know, that's kind of Joey's persona. And now... Yeah. Yeah, it felt like that. a lot of bad guy stuff that was taken real seriously, and yeah. like you said, I don't, I wouldn't say that someone needs to stop being so sensitive or anything like that, but I would say like, I agree with you that mental health isn't a joke. Uh, mental health is also not an excuse, mm-hmm. and you need to have an awareness of your own self and protect yourself in a lot of ways, and that's that whole self care and awareness. Like, um, I think you and I have both talked on this show at different times about some of our own struggles that we've had on, in the same field. And so we feel uh, in some ways sensitive to it, but also very aware of it where it's all like, if we know it's going to be a bad thing, we maybe will will steer away from it. Right. And um, there was something that was a little bit weird about it. Uh, and I don't think that anything came off to me as intentionally malicious from Joey. Uh, I wouldn't speak on behalf of anybody. He did tweet out, about how that he uh, apologized to the two people who he seemed to have hurt and didn't intend to do so. Uh, and I kind of think that's what it was. I think he was being a bad guy and playing a bad guy. And 
uh, Becky Lynch's Twitter, not to bring her or drag her into any of this, but her, her Twitter even says on her own thing, this is, this is where work happens. You know what I mean? Like Twitter's largely, we say it all the time. Twitter's not real. Yeah. It's not real life. And I think that I'm not saying people shouldn't take things seriously, but I'm definitely saying that nobody should take Twitter seriously because it, nobody is when, real there. No one's yeah, honest. But I, there. I do. I do. When right. people do stupid crap like this crystal person, you know? Right. But yeah, yeah. but at the same but time, and people, that, yeah, no. but people utilize the platform to bully people. They utilize the platform to try and bring people down, to drag people. A lot of people don't always utilize it as the tool that it really can be, mm-hmm. which is an amazing connecting tool of finding like-minded individuals to have fun with. Mm-hmm. A lot of people use it as a way to try to amplify their negativity and hatred onto others. So I would say that Twitter is a minefield. And if you are very sensitive to the words that anyone says, whether you know them or not, Twitter's going to be a difficult place to exist. And it was something I had to get through to with uh, Producer Lady. As we started our own accounts here because of the show, people were saying things that were hurting her feelings online. And I was like, look, it's Twitter. It's not real. Mute them. Move on. Don't even block them because when you block them, they see that they got to you, right? But if you mute them, they think you're just ignoring them. And there's a difference, right? Like mm-hmm. we mute and move on all the time. It's one of the things I think is cool is that sometimes stuff comes up. Like recently, uh, uh, Ringside News was under fire for a bunch of shit that they had said. Honest to God, I didn't think they still existed. It'd been over two years since I'd seen them come across my timeline because I had them blocked. And all of a sudden they came back on my timeline. And I was like, oh, I thought they went under a while back. So do what's best for you mute block move on be careful on twitter because it's definitely not real life that's the other thing a lot of these people who get quote canceled on twitter and then you can't understand why hollywood's still embracing them why are they still getting jobs here and there why does the music industry keep putting out their albums because twitter's not real and the numbers are so low on twitter that a lot of these people when that happens on twitter they go oh I'll just log off Twitter, never go back on and then continue about my business. And guess what? That works. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, and I agree. And I think to kind of underline it, I never saw anything that felt to me like Joey Janela was actually actively trying to hurt somebody and make them feel lesser than at any point. Yeah. And also but, to, you know, um, during kind of the pandemic and a lot of things that were happening um, to him with AEW, he, him, he himself, and he, he said it, he got very, very depressed because, mm-hmm. you know, this was something that, man, it was elevating him to a new level and it was not nowhere near what it was supposed to be. Mm-hmm. And that's rough for anybody, you know, and that's when he, you know, to get out of his funk, he started, you know, working out. I mean, he's probably in the best shape of his life now. And, you know, he's in a, a better zone. And I say this because of when I saw him in San Francisco um, and talked to him. So it's great to see that because if anybody's really a real person, mm-hmm. it's Joey Janela, you know, and people just need to realize that, you know, right now, He's being portrayed in that world as a heel. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, 
hey, and he's the bad boy. You got to remember that. That's his goddamn yeah. name. He's the bad boy. So what do bad boys do? You know, I mean, I don't know. I, I don't know. But definitely with Twitter, you know, I tell people, you know, Twitter can be good in the sense that I've met a lot of people on Twitter that I've become friends with. I've met a lot of people who were deceiving. I've met a lot of people who've tried to bury me. And, you know, and I'm just like, you know, whatever. And for me, I'm kind of in a way, the other way I like to meet like-minded people is when I travel for wrestling because I wouldn't have met Marsh without going to NWA. Yep. Same with Dave. Yeah, I wouldn't have met you guys if, you know, I didn't go. You know, selfish reasons, we know why I went. But it was, you know, it was really cool to find, you know, people who were like really amazing and cool. And that's kind of why I'm here. Yeah. So, you know, you can blame Marsh if you don't like him. Blame him. Blame the ref. That's true. That's true. It's also kind of interesting that just like, when I think about that trip too, I don't quite know why Dave took a liking to me because I went there by myself. Oh yeah, I so did I. Oh, you know what it was? I remember what it was. He had tweeted out about the tickets to go, mm. and I responded with, "Oh, I didn't get the promo code." And then he DM'd me and he started giving me all the info. And then oh. he goes, when, "If you make it out here, you, you you tell me you're here and we're gonna hang." And that's what it was. So he took. He took a shine to me that way because I was like really appreciative that he helped me get those presale tickets and shit. Uh, and then when I got there, I was out there by myself, and it was just me and him. And then it all kind of spiraled, and here we are. Yeah, here we are. It's weird. Oh. I don't like. It's funny because I just started talking to Dave when I, when I was there that first night, and we just yeah. kind of all all clicked, and you know, and it was it was kind of cool. We got to see yeah. Champ come over, and yeah. you, you know, the newly crowned Champ. Taylor's new champ over there. Yeah. But you know, hey, it's a lot of good stuff. But you know, you just don't know who you're gonna you're gonna meet. And you don't you don't know who you're talking to. Because let's face it, most of the people who are trolls, you never see their face. They don't put their face as their, you know, as their thing. I don't have nothing to hide. It's me because yeah. I'm gonna post pictures like that one of me in Ocean Spray, yeah. and someone was like, "But you hate him," and you sit, look at him like you're making out with him. I'm like, "Okay, no, no." Nope, I even nope. thought it was funny. Uh, uh, there's that uh, Becky Lynch was walking up to the ring for a show, and it showed somebody on the sideline there, right mm-hmm. at the barricade, booing, <laughs> and she stopped and stared at him, and he went like this, and then just starts waving. Hey, <laughs> and everyone's all like Twitter in a nutshell, you know, boo, okay, boo, yeah. hi, like, hi, nice to see you. Like, mm-hmm. and there's a reality yeah. to that, you know, yeah. and other fans can be mean to other fans. I've experienced this, yeah. WA, but you know, it's like, you know, don't tear people down like yeah. that, you yeah. know, and um, for me, I really got raked over some coals and yeah. you know it's like yeah I'm sorry that I put an emotional little video because someone who I consider a very good friend won something kind of major and I was there and I yeah. wasn't expecting it and was to- wasn't even told that was happening yeah so you yeah. know yeah. is what it is 
So, yes. but yeah, no. But on that that note, with it, just remember, don't take anything too seriously. I'm sure, like with Uti's um, Bishop about Delaware, but then again, it's like mm, it's Delaware. Delaware isn't that great. Right. I miss That's doing awesome. that, Bishop. I know you're listening. Come around here. At the end of the day, like, don't take anything too seriously because at the end of the day, like, your worth and your value is not determined by people you don't know and people who don't know you because mm-hmm. they have no way to value that. Imagine yeah. walking by – it's like it's like walking through a bookstore. You know what I mean? You can walk mm-hmm. through shelves and shelves and books and just whiz right by all of them. That doesn't mean none of those books aren't gems in their own way. Yeah. It just means that no one's giving them the time of day. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean they're not valuable. It doesn't mean they're not worth anything. I've gone to bookstores and found old, dirty books in the back, and you open it up and look at it. It's a first edition, something crazy, signed, and you go, this is an absolute gem that no one took the time to get to to take a look at, right? And it's the same thing with social media. No one's taking the time to get to know people, and don't let them affect how you feel about you because your value is not not determined by them. And you know what's funny? It also parallels AEW. Yeah what you just said you know a lot of gems you're you know you're walking by and a lot of people you know a lot of gems even out there in you know the independent world now because i was one of those skeptics is like everybody's going away yeah who's going to be left but there's some really great people out there yeah and you know it it's a good time to be if you like wrestling or sports entertainment or whatever it's a good time for that right now it is. Absolutely. It is. We'll be back next week to do this all over again with our drinking buddies. Right here in the dive bar of the IWC. Guys, that's the last call. Cheers. The producer lady here. Thanks for tuning in and hitting the I and subscribe on Twitch. Or subscribe and review our podcast on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to us. Cheers! I would never have a drink of wrestling on the rock.